passengers. And welcome to the Midnight Train, where we bring the dark to light and where listener discretion is always advised. We make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Yeah, we're a comedy podcast, or so we think. And sometimes we talk about some topics that can get really, really dark. So if you're not into that, listen, we get it. It's fine, but maybe just give it a chance. We might be your new second favorite thing ever. So maybe. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. Right. (laughs) So I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayre. And of course, with me over there in that co-host chair, it's the one and only Logan. Should just do the yay button from now on. Yay. (laughs) Yay. I can do that. (laughs) It's hilarious. Oh man, we're uh, we're drinking our own rendition of a uh, beerarita, beerarita, a margabira, a margabira. I like that better. It yeah, sounds more manly. It does sound yeah, yeah. margabira, dude, <laughs> instead of beerarita. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, if you guys want to try something cool, get yourself like your favorite light beer. Okay, like you know, we're doing Mick Ultra because you know low carbs. Yeah, low carbs. You know what I'm saying I gotta get Stay into my fit. get into my swimsuit. <laughs> um, so what you do is you just take a can, preferably. And then you just take some like sea salt or whatever and put it right on top of the uh, the I guess you'd say the lid of the can yeah. without opening it. Don't open it yet. Then take some lime juice and put it in there till it's floating on top. Kind of let it sit and dissolve and mix, and then just crack it open. That first taste is oh, oh boy, it gets a big one itself. Yes, it does. It is heavenly. So yeah. So listen, on Patreon this week, I guess we're going to be going into the uh, the Bridgewater Triangle, right? Yo, so we talked yeah. about it last week, but then we ended up dropping the UFO Day thing. Oh, yeah. Which you guys weren't expecting, were you? Nope. I wasn't expecting it either. And of course, I did an F that guy. Yeah. Talking about the uh, one and only BTK, yeah. um, which I still can't think. I wanted to change his name. So like, it's Bind, Torture, Kill, and I wanted to call him like, I don't know, like Buffalo turkey koala but, <laughs> turkey you koala. know what i mean but it, koala just doesn't work you know and i don't yeah. want to use killer because he used killer that guy's a piece of crap total yeah. piece of crap f that guy if you want to hear those where i talk about the uh the worst scumbags in the world but yet just kind of rip them apart do that over at patreon sign up at the midnight train podcast.com or accidentaldads.com yeah and make sure you're listening to icons and outlaws because we just dropped an episode on that they, that is our music podcast where we kind of dive deet deet <laughs> <laughs> deep a dive deep into it <laughs> deep into our favorite uh you know uh, uh, musicians and we just did um cindy lopper yes amazing it was pretty episode. awesome amazing pretty episode. awesome learned a lot she had a rough upbringing yeah didn't so, realize that at all yeah so now listen girls just want to have fun yeah all right and i bop and she oh boy <laughs> then you'll learn about what bop and i bop or she bop yes she bop means <laughs> yeah we we found that out too and if you don't know well check out the show <laughs> you just gotta check it out yeah so make sure to do that icons and outlaws anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast all right enough with the business stuff all right all right we'll save all the uh, rest of it until the end here and uh, let's just turn on the lights, adjust our seats, grab a drink, and let's get creepy. In fact, we're getting true crime creepy today. Oh, yeah. So buckle up, motherfuckers. <laughs> Here's your toast, because you guys are just sexy some bitches, and I hope you still have your fingers. Fuck. 
Oh, damn it, I don't have that button anymore. <laughs> I was going to do something there, and I don't have it. All right, so we are, in fact, today talking about the Setagaya family murder, right? Yes. But their last name wasn't Setagaya. No? It was where the murders took place. Correctamundo. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, four people happened to be, uh, you know, taken away, and they don't know fuck all, mm. right? Yep. So tonight, yeah, we're diving deep, not deet. Not deet? Not too deep or deet. Into, uh, you know, what we do, and that is that uh, we're just going to go ahead and talk about some true crime. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And we're diving uh, back into the unsolved true crime because that's what we do here. So, you know, hold on to your knickers or skivvies, as Logan has written here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And make sure you have a drink. Of course you should have one. And a magnifying glass because we're going to talk about the Setagaya murders. Where's the dun-dun? There it is. Oh, yeah magnifying glass mm. we're gonna be detectives today oh is that what it is yes we're going to jeeves are, solve are you sean murder. connery over here <laughs> we're gonna solve the murder gonna solve it over here listen it's the hunt shut the guy a murderer <laughs> oh boy so typically new year's eve is a happy occasion yeah for the most part you yeah know. it indicates that things are changing and making room for something new new year new you new me you know and you get your big list and you say, man, my New Year's resolution, I'm not ever going to have a beer again. Yeah. And then you're drunk that night. Yep. So that's just kind of what happens. <laughs> it's a time to rejoice in a brand new beginning, typically with your family and close friends. Yeah, it's a good time. Oh, yeah. This day, known in Japan uh, as uh, Omesoko, yeah, all right, is regarded as one of the uh, most significant ones of the year. Okay. Uh, there are traditions and conventions uh, connected, uh, which are often observed. Okay, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I knew New Year's like a big thing. Yeah, over especially, in Japan. Yeah. yeah. In Japan, New Year's is regarded as the most prestigious celebration, unlike in America, where it is frequently associated with revelry and midnight kisses. Yeah. We, midnight kisses. Yeah, that was the first kiss was said. It was on midnight New Year's Eve. Oh, I guess that is a thing, right? Yeah. You got to kiss someone at midnight. It's good luck. And hey, I landed her. I mean... I guess. So is that good luck for me or bad luck for her? That's what I'm saying. Uh, whoopsie. So the holiday season, however, was permanently tarnished by a tragic occurrence that happened around the turn of the century. For almost 20 years, what happened on this night in the Tokyo neighborhood of Setagaya has baffled detectives to no end. Yeah, like they seriously have no clue. No clue. Which is, once we get more into it, you'll kind of understand where I'm like, I don't understand how. But there's like serious fingers being pointed. Oh, God, yeah. No, I don't want to ruin it because it's, it's just going to take away from the, the... Okay. God, this is delicious. I can't yeah, no, stop I can't drinking, drinking it. it. <laughs> it's like everyone else, you talk. Okay. okay. <laughs> now I talk. Okay. All right. So um, in contrast to uh, other cultures, Japan celebrates a century's conclusion. Japan rang in the new millennium a full year after we did in America with the opening of 2001, while most of us uh, did so with the notorious, you know, why to care. Everyone's freaking panicking. Yeah. I tell you what I did for that? No. I was over at a, well, at that time, a girlfriend, so nice. an ex-girlfriend, at you know, now. I would hope. Anyway, yeah. And um, everyone was like, oh, my God, talking about it. Not, like, freaked out about it, but everyone knew because yeah. like, this thing where, like, computers are going to crash and the whole world's going to crumble and bleh. So at 12, and you know, as they're counting down or whatever, I shut the lights off. <laughs> That's so messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't last a whole lot longer after that. <laughs> By most accounts, the Miyazawa family was a normal Japanese household. Mm-hmm. Okay, the father, uh, Mikio uh, Miyazawa, age uh, was forty-four, was employed by the London-based marketing company Interbrand. 
It is uh, unknown what type of work he actually did for the company, but it was a sizable one with locations in more than 20 nations and experience working on uh, you know, significant marketing campaigns for organizations like Microsoft, Nissan, Xerox, and much, much more. So, that, that damn good job. Oh, yeah, pretty good job. Yeah. In fact, Interbrand was the organization in charge of branding the phrase Wi-Fi. 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 <laughs> in the year... You know, 1999. You know, we're in Pwince. Pwince? I'm having a rough day today. <laughs> I can tell. I can already tell. It's going to be one of those rough. Gotta Pwince. Drink more. Pwince had that song called 1999, and it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> so Interbrand co-workers characterized Mikio as congenial. They said he was, quote, the kind of man that got along with everyone. Definitely not the kind to create enemies. Okay, so he seems like a nice guy. Seems like a fellow right? Like, who the hell's... Fell swallow. <laughs> Did you say fell swallow? What are we doing over here? Making sure you're paying attention. My, you know what this is? This is our livers from this past weekend. Oh my god! Yeah, it was a uh, Fourth of July weekend here in the states. Yeah, and uh, there was lots of lots of drinking. Yes, a lot of uh, margabiras. Margabiras all weekend long, and we're continuing today. Yeah, keep know. it going. Yeah, that's right. Listen. You can't stop, you know what I mean? Because if you stop, then you're a quitter. No one likes a quitter. Correct. Right? I'm yes. just saying. So, of course, they said he was a nice guy. Good dude, right? The family's mother and wife, Yasuko uh, Mayazawa, was 41 years old and similar to her husband, you know, in the ways that she was congenial. She was nice. She was cool. She was a teacher who spent a lot of time with the couple's two children, Ray, who was six, and Nina, who was eight, right? Yeah. And was universally regarded as sensitive and gentle. Oh, sounds like a nice family. Very nice family. The daughter, Nina. Okay, so that's N-I-I-N-A? Yeah, as far as I saw the So am I maybe is, spelling it incorrectly or saying it incorrectly? Uh, as far as I saw, it was Nina. 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 <laughs> Nina. <laughs> and we'll go with Nina. Yeah. Uh, she was in second grade uh, and appeared to be your average young little, little, little girl. She was lively, she was fun, and she loved ballet and soccer, two activities in which she was actively involved. Ray, the family's youngest member, had recently been experiencing a problem. His speech handicap had been causing the family quite a bit of worry. Ooh. Mm. Well, you know, a little bit different of a culture over there. Yeah, everything's you know, got to be very prim and proper. It's got to be perfect. Yep. If it's not perfect, that looks bad on the dad. The whole family. And mom. Yep. Yeah. It appears that they had begun to look for expert assistance, but it was still quite concerning to them. Oh, poor little little, little Ray. Oh. In 1990, uh, Mikio and Yasuka, or Yasuki Amayazawa. Okay, this is the, the, the family. Yeah. Mom and dad. They moved into their house in Setagaya. It was a growing neighborhood with over 200 households at the time, and it seemed like a pleasant enough place to raise a family. Sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Nice family. Nice neighborhood. Nice house. Hey. Right. Just makes sense. What else do you need? The se- um, Margabiras. Yes. Yes. That's what they need, Margabiras. Yes. Do me a favor. Can you just say something? Margabira? Mm-hmm. I like Margabiras. How many uh, Margabiras do you think we're going to drink tonight? Ah, thank you. <laughs> so the second biggest of Tokyo's 23 districts, Setagaya, is situated immediately southwest of the central city. Okay, Setagaya is a fairly residential-looking neighborhood that sticks out from its, you know, hectic, crowded surroundings and is within a short distance from Tokyo Bay. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Okay, so you're, it's like a suburb. Yeah. Right? But you have, you know, pretty close beachfront property, you know, yeah. check out the lake. Bougie. Yeah. You got that bougie, bougie mm. houses. I mean, he do be making some good money, though, you know? Cheddar. Yeah. Cheddar. Yen over there, right? Yes, yen. Yen, yes. Even by itself, the Mayazawa family house was intriguing. The house was a two-story communal structure. On the exterior, it appeared to be a single house, but in reality, it was more like a duplex. 
It made it possible for the Miyazawas to be neighbors with Yasuko's family, mostly her mother, but also her sister and, and uh, brother-in-law, who were also living with her at the time. Well, hold on a second. The, yeah, now the story's starting to click a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did Wasn't there a door connected to a, a neighboring thing? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Seven family members are, you know, were residing in the, the, the house at the time there. And uh, even though there was no interior link between the two homes, you must exit the building and enter through a different entrance to get from one side to another. Okay, so they are connected, but there's no actual door there. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the park directly back, um, you know, behind the house, however, was the feature that had the greatest impact. Although the park had been present for some time, the city had planned to enlarge it. This indicated that the majority of the Mayazawa's neighbors had been vacating their properties recently to make room for this growth. So they're buying up houses? Pretty much, yeah. Trying to clear out the property for like a mall or something like that coming in or a park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the neighborhood, which had formerly been home to more than 200 people, had now been reduced to just four. The Mayazawa's, their cousins who lived next door, two other families who resided on their block as well. Aside from that, the neighborhood was a ghost town. Yeah, a little bit. Crickets. Yeah. Right. The skate park directly behind the Mayazawa family um, was uh, where the majority of local activity was taking place at a skate park. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I know, right? Yeah. The Mayazawa family had some difficulties because this was the busiest area of the rapidly developing park. See, the only thing separating the skate park and the home was a fence. Yep. So it was just like what? Like, so everybody from the community used to go there all the time? Yeah. yeah. All the kids in the neighborhood and stuff like that would go there. There would be a lot of uh, like friends and stuff like that from other neighboring cities that would go there. Because it was a pretty large skate park from what I have been what I was reading. So it seemed pretty uh, uh, active. A lot of activity. Yeah. So random people in and out all the time. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. So Mikio had addressed some rowdy and annoying teens at the skate park uh, the week before. Uh, New Year, well, the week before New Year's Eve, uh, for making too much, uh, you know, making too much noise. Yeah, they're, they're being kids. Yeah, kids being kids. You know, a witness claimed to have seen uh, seen him encounter a group of teenage rebels who belonged to the uh, Bosazoku, a form of Japanese motorcycle gang, at about the same time. Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> the Bosazoku. Yeah. Oh man, it probably means something really tough in Japanese. <laughs> You know what I mean? Fire starter. Right? <laughs> we are the fire starters. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. The Mayazawas were among the last households to begin making arrangements to move because of the park's growing foot traffic and the city's intentions to expand it further. In only a few months, they would be relocating to another house in the neighborhood, and it was December 2000. Okay? Therefore, all they had to do uh, to, to stop worrying about it was you know, just rough it out, you know, deal with it a little bit, you know, for just a few more months. Right? That's it. That's all you got to do. Simple. We're going to be moving yeah. these little hoodlums yeah. in the Bozazuki. Bozazuki. <laughs> God damn it. Bozazuku. Yeah, Bozazuku. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. Those knuckleheads. I know. Starting stuff. I know. Out there with their little comb switchblade things, combing the, combing the hair back, looking for raccoons. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Was in a lunchbox. So sadly and unfortunately, they would never have the opportunity to relocate. In addition to Mikio's run-ins with these little ruffians throughout the week leading up to New Year's Eve, the Mayazawa family was also, they were encountering some uh, other little kind of weird things. The locals had reportedly begun to see some of the area's animals being physically abused over the summer. Not good. Mm -hmm. There are claims that neighborhood cats, most of which are stray, had been tortured, and that rats 
had been discovered dead. Well, rats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cats. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stings. Even though I have met some cool rats, though. Some I've had friends that had like pet rats and really? stuff. Yeah, they were super cool. Yeah, they seem kind of very like docile. Almost. Yeah, they just like to play, and you know, you can teach them how to do all kinds of stuff. Really? Yeah. I, but the ones that like you know uh, uh, carry like you know rabies. Ah, yeah. Or you know, um, bubonic plague. The plague. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually the lice on them, though. Yeah. That did that. Oh, by the way, side note. Oh, oh. Did you hear about the CERN today? The CERN? Yeah. C-E-R-N? Uh-huh. Mm, That's that big... July 12th. It's the big collider? No. No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they oh. kicked it off today. Oh. Uh, I don't know much about it. I was just reading about it, but I read that it was... Okay, if I can remember correctly, it was like 16... It was using 16.8 million uh, electron volts. Seems like it should be a lot. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but they're trying to open up a, uh, a black hole. Yeah. That's what you, they're doing. Did you hear what happened in 2016 with that? When they were trying to turn it on or whatever? Like a little, like, I don't know if it was a rat or a possum or a little, like, otter or something like that got stuck inside and actually shut the whole thing down. So there's this huge conspiracy saying that because it started up, but there's an animal inside, we actually got flipped into an alternate universe. I mean, it makes sense, though, because 2016 we had Harambe die, and then everything just kind of went downhill from there. That's how you get Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Or ninja ferrets or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> Why was there a ferret in there? I don't know. Or you a, think it would be a, a secured thing. What kind of animal was in there? It was a small little rodent-like creature. Of all things. This thing is huge. And we've talked about it on the um, on when we did an episode on the Hoover Dam. Yeah. We actually mentioned that because everyone thinks that they're going to open a uh, portal to hell yes. using the collider and the uh, the dam itself. Yeah. Yeah, because there's supposed to be like things under the dam. They have whatever. been doing a lot of work on the Hoover Dam recently. And anyway. shut off the people right now, so. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, you know what? Bring it on. All right? <laughs> we need more enjoyment. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Anyway, I just think that's kind of cool that that's yeah. happening right now. You saw that the uh, the big uh, da, da, da telescope that's up in the sky right now, uh, July 12th is when they're dropping color images of everything that's been taking pictures of lately. Oh, really? Yeah, July That's 12th. awesome. Keep your, what the uh, hell is that thing called? Uh, the Ben Franklin? John Edwards? The Tom Williams? No, uh, Bill Jefferson. George Jefferson. Mm, Tom Billiards. I don't think that's it. <laughs> I think we're both stupid. I know I know it has a name like that. Yeah, it's, it's got like weird. a regular ass name yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. that's the one that's like what like uh what is it, a hundred or a thousand times more powerful than the Hubble? Yeah, something like that. It's floating out in space and right now. color too that it brings down which yeah. is really cool. So yeah. it'll be cool. We're gonna see some shit. Hopefully some aliens. But we're not gonna see any damn aliens. I mean, I just wanna see a a, a whale on a different planet. You know what? On, to, to be honest about it, though, if you think about it, it we are kind of uh, masochists when it comes to space yeah. because we want to see more, but we'll never be able to get there unless unless we happen to. Come this black hole opens up. Ha <laughs> ha! Wormhole. Oh, just saying. I was just gonna talk about the uh, the octopuses on comets and stuff flying through the air, but you know that, that that's cool too. What? <laughs> the cephalopods, you know, that they're frozen. Oh, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Because we talked, because the aliens are living in the ocean. Yeah. Right? I, I actually had uh, Logan and Charlie watch uh, Donnie Darko the other day. Yeah. And mind blown. Yeah, a lot. I mean. I still thinking processing. about it at work today. I yeah. was like, still I processing. don't want to talk to you about this because everyone else sucks. And I now realize how much I sucked because I didn't see it prior to it. So I would love to know of all you people out there. All you beautiful passengers, if you have seen it, first of all, if you haven't seen it, don't talk to me. <laughs> Second of all, if you have, because you know what, you guys have. I'd love to know what your actual like uh, thought process is like about interpretation it. Interpretation of it. Like, 
I mean, was Donnie Darko a superhero? I mean, or was it all a dream? Or was he just able to manipulate time? Yeah. I want to know what you guys think. That'd be awesome. And this is a really weird segue from this entire <laughs> I thing. Know. By the way, I don't even know how we got here, to be honest. I don't either. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Going back. <laughs> oh, we were talking about the animals. Yeah. Okay. Still don't understand how we got there. Anyway. <laughs> So, uh, of course, you know, rats are being discovered dead and whatnot. And uh, one witness remembered witnessing a nice stray suddenly emerge one day without a tail. That's odd. Yeah. So somebody's just, just like fucking up off. animals. Yeah. That's that's hot. Yeah. Serial killers. Serial killers. Starts. But I mean, also, too, there's a bunch of kids messing around and some kids are. It's those hooligans. Yeah, those hooligans. The, 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 the bazookaki. Yeah. Or bazookaki. Whatever they are. Yeah. <laughs> so Yasuko informed her father-in-law that a strange automobile had parked in front of their home on Christmas Day. December 25th, despite the fact that there was alternate parking nearby that wouldn't need the person parked to hop over a fence to enter the park. And, you know, this occurred multiple times. So you got somebody parking kind of weird. You know, you're like, hey, homie, you don't need to be there. Why, why, why are you parking? Why are you all in my grill? Right? So I, I get it. That's, that would be unnerving. Yeah. So an eyewitness saw a guy who was thought to be in his 40s going near the Miyazawa family home two days later on the 27th. Apparently... A uh, apparently benign item that what? A apparently benign item that, in hindsight, appears suspicious. Okay. There's pauses. Yeah, but why is that a benign item? <laughs> I forgot the N. After, <laughs> did he, did after, he have a benign item on him? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's not malevolent. Anyway, they're just saying it's something that like <laughs> didn't really seem anything big back then, but right. now it's like, all right, it could, it could be, be something. Yeah. yeah. So the neighboring park assures that people will be in the neighborhood for a number of reasons. Yeah. Okay? People can be there for all kinds of stuff. Maybe they're just checking out the house because they're about to be getting skit skat skadoodle booed. Uh, they could be working on it. Correct. Um, they Inspectors. could be surveyors. Yeah, surveyors. Surveyors. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're looking for cattails. <laughs> What? I don't know. I'm just you never know. They're looking for rat tails because all the all the hoodlums, you know, the little rat tails that they used to grow when you were a kid. Oh, the bozas of kaki kaki. <laughs> Those guys. Never tell you about the story where I got uh, the the uh, uh, what is Bukaki? it? The jacuzzi <laughs> and the yakuza confused, and so I'm in hot water with the Japanese mafia. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> I fell right into that too. Yeah, you're welcome. Damn it. <laughs> So a guy was sighted in the adjacent, oh my God, this word, <laughs> um, <laughs> in the adjacent Saijoko Kuname Good job. station. It's not exactly We're just going right, to call it the S station from here on out <laughs> if that comes back up. On December 29th, just a few days before the start of the new century, not far from where the Miyazawa family was residing. Due to the weather, one eyewitness remembered this band's skater style. Uh-oh. <laughs> Well, his clothing as being peculiar and believe the man who was also sporting a rucksack. Who wrote this? Like some, some from 1940? I mean, where'd what? you get this info from? I told you are going to be detectives. Oh, so how I feel as a detective. Right. <laughs> a rucksack appeared to be significantly underdressed. So he had, he had a backpack. It's no, it's a rucksack. The hell? What the frick? What are you talking about? What it's is it? It's not exactly a fanny pack, but it's not exactly a messenger bag. It's in between. It's a rucksack. You don't know the difference? You certainly need to learn your bag. It's a man purse. Kind of a man, a man bag. Yeah, but you don't call it a man bag. It's call a it. man bag. <laughs> All right, Joey. Yeah, calm down, Joey. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he had a a, a nutsack. 
with him. <laughs> so police suspect a guy fitting the general description bought a sashimi knife from the same retail center on this day on the 29th. Oh. It was quite simple to track down because it was the only one bought at this grocery store on this particular day. Ooh. Mm. A man matching that description was sighted again on December 30th, about a mile from the Miyazawa's home in the vicinity of the Sangawa station. Okay. This unsub... What is, what what is that? What are you what are you doing to me over here? I don't know what the I did what the <laughs> unsub <laughs> this uh, particular person. Okay, we'll call this uh, benign uh, uh, item. Uh, I, uh, the, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this benign item. This this guy that may or may not pertain to certain events that may or may not be coming up. This guy. This guy. So this guy who was described as being between thirty five and forty years old was moving steadily toward the Setagaya. Um, residents of the Mayazawa family. Ooh, so okay. So now they see somebody and uh He's creeping on. It's creeping creeping on the come up. I'm not a big fan of this whole thing right now. I'm like are we think about up? that. Like you're all the other houses are pretty much gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's you, your family, and then like another family down the street. That's it. And then there's a big park that's getting obviously there's gotta be construction and shit around, right? And just constantly just full of traffic. Uh, yeah. Don't like that. Unbeknownst to them, the Mayazawa family's final day would be on Saturday, December the 30th. They carried on with their usual activities while getting ready for the next holiday. Due to the approaching new year and the fresh start of a new century, there was a celebratory mood in the air. They're getting down. Oh, yeah. They were getting down the night. They were getting funky. Yeah. I, mm. I, I would love to hang out over there. Yeah. Japan for like oh, a, a Japan years? for sure. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Any, any event, I feel like. I just want to go to Japan in general. Yeah. I, I, I think I'd rather go to I have more of an inkling and want to see Japan more than I do China. See, I am with you on that, except if I were to see China, I'd want to see the outside areas of China, like the, the farmlands and the old ruins and like old China. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not new hustling, bustling Beijing. No, yeah. I've got no no reason to be there. No. no. If I want to hang out with a billion people, I wouldn't go there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Chinese listeners. No, but their their culture is so rich. It like, is. You know what I mean? Like, That's why I said I would want to go to like to, to, to old China, I guess. I don't know. Rush hour two kinda struck me a little different. To to old China? Yeah. Where where, where I want to go to uh what is what was that massage parlor? Oh, <laughs> Heaven <boy>. on earth. <laughs> oh, oh. This this whole thing just changed. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> they were looking to party. All right. Oh, yeah. They're trying to get up. Probably house is all decorated. You know what I mean? They're probably like really excited about it. I can only imagine. So the family reportedly went shopping around uh, uh, 6 p.m. in the early evening. Although we can't be certain if all four of the family members actually went, a bystander remembered seeing them in a local mall around that time. So this is, you know, the credibility here because a, uh, a, a neighbor who was driving by their house that evening remembered seeing the family automobile that left at about 6.30 p.m. Okay? So... Well, they could have got their times wrong. Yeah, you know they I mean? could. They yeah. definitely could have. This is why you never take people's um, reports, reports and stuff, because people their witness accounts. Yeah, yeah, because it your memory sucks. Will play games on you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Yasuka contacted her mother, who lived next door, at approximately seven o'clock that evening. The family spoke to one another over the phone frequently, since they uh, considered one another to be, of course, neighbors. The topic and their family, so mm, yeah, makes sense. The topic of discussion was probably something unimportant, you know, mostly like you know something like, uh, "Hey, what are you guys doing tonight?" You know, it's New Year's, right? 
You ready to fucking party? <laughs> <laughs> I brought the good stuff. Can you imagine? That'd be awesome. That would be pretty She's funny. like super like nice and hello. Um you ready to fucking get down? <laughs> Whoa, mom, calm down. That's the grandma talking yeah, to. It's not even her. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So it was probably something unimportant, whatever. Most likely, Yasuko asking her mother if she wanted to see her granddaughter. So Nina walked, uh, walking next door to uh, watch a uh, TV show. Okay, a, a videotaped TV show, video which is amazing. Show, yeah. Until around 930, uh, or, you know, so... So everything for the Mayazawa family had been quite routine up until this point in the night. An accessible email that was viewed at roughly 10.38 that evening is the final activity we have of the Mayazawa family. It was uh, Mikio reading a business email that was password protected, indicating that he was most likely the one who opened it. Okay, so last thing we got mm-hmm. on record, mm-hmm. he opened up an email and it was password protected so yep. therefore he probably was the only one with the password on it probably okay this man needs to not be working though man it's family time i know dude it's new year's man I what are you doing man. why are you out see that's that's that ethic over there i know work the hustle ethic. and bustle yep. man you he's gotta, like you gotta get down yeah he's like listen nissan sucks and i gotta fix that shit <laughs> right now and what's, listen, listen. What's a, the the GTR? That was pretty sweet, right? Yeah, the Skyline. Yeah. That was uh, that was uh, what was it? Paul Walker's car in uh, Fast and Furious. No, not the Skyline. Just a regular GTR. Oh, just a GTR. The Nissan GTR. Yeah. I think that's Nissan, right? Nissan Skyline too. Yeah. yeah. Nissan Skyline had a GTR version. It's called the Nissan Skyline GTR. Grand Turismo respect. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. I used to love playing Grand Turismo. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. So, okay, so at least one of the Miyazawa family was last known to be alive at this time. And the residence, which, which was often peaceful and calm, um, was about to turn into a unfortunate house of horrors. Okay, now let me pause real fast. Okay. Unless someone else yeah. was looking for that email and possibly had the passwords, right? We discuss a little more about that. Read along, young son. Hey, everyone, just... Uh... <laughs> That's me, baby. All right. So a witness heard what sounded like an altercation inside the Mayazao house that evening at approximately 10 o'clock while walking along the park trail um, behind the home. Now, 1038 is the email. Yeah. This is right around 10 o'clock. Right. They couldn't recall an especially uh, ear-shattering shouts or loud physical noises, but they claimed it just sounded like a couple arguing. Okay. So nothing, nothing too crazy. But then again, Japanese culture, I don't think that's something that happens a lot is it no you typically don't get that rambunctious or loud and, and i could be completely ignorant on this i have no idea well, but i mean a lot of it too like I, they're very like very close with their families but i also feel like they actually have like communication skills well no like like culture about themselves well yeah they don't want everyone knowing about their business exactly so like they they're not gonna be like freaking out and yelling at each right. other right well, they are they're gonna close the windows and shut all the doors right yeah. and then smack them <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway, they uh, so there's nothing like crazy. They're just hearing these, yeah, somebody arguing. So a neighbor of Yasuko's family would notice a loud pounding sound coming from the Mayazawa side of the building around an hour and a half later. Odd. They didn't know the precise time, but they were able to estimate it later using the current television programming schedule. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The little piece of paper out, you know. They didn't have the TV guide button on the remotes. They just had the TV guide, the physical TV guide. Yes. I used to and I used to read it all the time. Like, I can't wait to come home on school on Thursday and watch Shrek 2. You're so young. <laughs> so this happened at the same time that a witness or maybe a neighbor reported seeing a guy rushing along the sidewalk near to the family's home. 
Now, could this be weird or could it not? Because remember, we're talking about there's people over this park constantly, right? And there has been a guy or two that have been checking out the premises. Right. Hmm. Hmm. These were the only three indications uh, that something just wasn't right. And uh, in uh, the the area, okay? So uh, it would eventually take hours before anybody realized how terrifying the Maezawa house had become. And uh, it is pretty brutal, by the way. Mm. Yeah. It gets... mm. Yeah, you, it was. You said that like freaking Billy Bob Thornton, like Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he chopped her up with a Kaiser blade. Mm-hmm. Some people call it a Kaiser blade. I call it a Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. I like mustard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of got that one down a little bit, don't I? <laughs> oh my god! Ladies and gentlemen, it's the guy from Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 All right, sorry. Back to the story. Whew. So three passengers were being. Hold on a second. Have you seen Sling Blade? No, I don't know what the fuck you're talking it. about. I know who Billy Bob Thornton is, though. <laughs> Son of a bitch! You've got to watch that. Yeah, that is a fantastic. Does he movie. actually talk like That's that? That's exactly how he talks. <laughs> I swear. To God. <laughs> Why are you crying? <laughs> I swear to God, it's all he talks. Or like mustard. That's what, he, <laughs> that's what he said. He's like, you ought not talk like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, my boy. Mm-hmm. You sound like you should be on South Park right that's, now. Dude, I'm telling you that you just got to watch <laughs> right, it. Yeah, watch seriously, it. it's amazing. You guys know what I'm talking about. By the way, drink up because we've referenced quite a few movies. Oh, God. All right, so three passengers were being picked up by a taxi driver not far from the, uh, the residence of the family. Okay. All three of these passengers who will stay unnamed. Okay. Due to the, uh, I guess the cabbie screwed up here. Yeah. Uh, they were middle-aged males who kept to themselves the entire time. Okay, so we, he picks these three guys up, mm-hmm. and they did, didn't talk. Yeah, they were being very weird. And we touch back on this here a little bit after we kind of got and devolved more information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was far after midnight when the three guys were being dropped off at a neighboring station. Okay, something the taxi driver remembered as being quite unusual for the time. A blood stain from one of the individuals who appeared to have a wound was seen on the back seat of the taxi. That's not a good thing. I mean, it was a skate park, though. You know, they were probably roughhousing, went to go do a kickflip or, you know, can-can because, you know, they got BMX bikes, too, maybe, and you might have fell and busted something. Okay. Not 100% okay. unlikely, okay. but... Okay. All right. All right. I'm Pick with you. I'm putting it down. Yeah, I got okay. you. Okay. I'm smelling what you're stepping in, son. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> A blood stain from one of the individuals, like I said, was found in the backseat of the taxi, okay? So Yasuko's mother attempted to contact her daughter's family the next morning on New Year's Eve to arrange preparations for later that day. Unexpectedly, her call wouldn't even connect. Let alone ring. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, that's odd. Mm, almost like someone cut the lines to the house. It would have to be. Mm. She was unaware that someone had cut and purposely unplugged the phone lines in the Mayazawa family home hours earlier. That is not good. Mm, nope. She went outside and made her way to the house where her daughter, son-in-law, and two grandchildren lived. You know, right next door. Right next door. I have to reiterate that fact because this house plan is super weird. I'll have to post pictures online super weird yeah it's like literally it's like a side-by-side duplex yeah but like the floor plan like <clears throat> there's a window in the back that comes in through like for through the bathroom and stuff and there's no way to get up to that and there's like this weird doorway that if you were to come in people would see right away like it's weird and it gets even weirder make sure you post 
Yeah, I definitely will. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> it's not going to stop. No, I'm going to beat the shit out of that one. Oh, my God. So anyway, she went next door, right? When the doorbell went unanswered, she used her keys to allow herself in. And this is according to the police report she would later submit. There was no sound to be heard within the home itself. The moment Yasuko's mother walked inside the house, she uh, she realized that obviously something was wrong. As she entered the family's home, she quickly realized the uh, reality as she came face-to-face with Mikio uh, Miyazawa's body at the foot of the stairs. The family's father, who was 44, was found dead at the bottom of the stairway, leading to the second story after being stabbed several times. Yikes. Yeah. Yusuku's mother remembers, this is grandma, and remembers trying to find out what had happened to the rest of her family by walking upstairs to the second story. The remains of her granddaughter, Nina, and daughter, Yusuko who had both been viciously stabbed hundreds of times, holy shit, yeah. would be waiting for her at the top of the stairs. Oh, God. Their suffering far surpassed that of Mikio's body. Yeah, they, like... Mikio actually got, like, the least amount of a lot of this. Oh, my God. Hundreds of times. Yeah. Mother. Little kids. Fucker. Yasuko's mother recalls placing her hands on the corpses of her daughter and granddaughter in an effort to check for signs of life, either out of grief or possibly even hope. I yeah. mean, because obviously you want to check... And as much as I appreciate her doing, like, what she was doing, I understand, like, coming in that situation, but also, too, like, you're messing with the crime scene at this point. Yeah, I like, just don't you think know. you're thinking that way. I know. You know what I mean? Like, if like, I were to come home and all of a sudden, you know, I, I saw, I don't know, my wife or you or even my fucking dog, yeah. like, Mutilated. you know, butchered outside, yeah. I'm going to be over there, like, fucking trying to, oh, my God, you know? Yeah, no. Well, I don't know if I would because I know not to fuck with the crime right. scene. Right, and then yeah. you'd be the first person to call suspect. The second I even said that, I was just like... No, I'd go upstairs, grab my gun, yep. I'd walk around, I'd make sure, call the police while I'm doing this, and make sure the house is clear. Yeah. That's what I would do. That's yeah. what I would do, too. And and try not to touch anything. Yeah. yeah. That's what you're supposed to do, folks. <laughs> yes. No, Hopefully this no, doesn't but, happen to anybody, but... But I get yeah. it, though. I get it, like, you come home, and a lot of people who just... I mean, that sense of grief washes over yeah. you. And nobody knows... Listen, I can sit here and talk until I'm blue in the face about what I might do. Right. But nobody knows you until know. they're there. Right. You know, when you're in that predicament, who knows, man? Right. I mean, for all you know, at the very, very first sign, she might have, you know, thought that she fell in, or he fell and hit his head or something like that and was just like, oh, my God, is everybody else right? right kind of thing, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, So, absolutely. I mean, I kind of understand why, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah... Yeah, it's fucked up. So her granddaughter Nina, with you know whom she had just finished watching a television show, remember she was over at Grandma's house, and Yusuko, her daughter, with whom she had uh, you know that was her daughter and been close with for forty years, uh, they were both now unfortunately cold and icy, and uh, loved ones turned into corpses by an unidentified murderer. The last catastrophe would be revealed to Yusuko's mother, old grandma here in an adjacent bedroom. Six-year-old Rai, who had... Is it Rai or Ray? I think it's Ray. I think it's Ray, too. R-E-I? Yeah. Ray. Who had been struggling with a speech impediment in an effort to satisfy his parents was still in bed. He had been strangled to death, which led detectives to believe that he was the family's first victim. Yeah. That is fucking sad. Ah, this story... Well, hold on. We're, hold on. I'm going to... Let me do something real quick. I just... I have to do this. This this is what I need for this story right here. <laughs> It's so sad. Uh, <clears throat> of the victims, I believe I touch on this later as well, too. Um, there wasn't any signs of struggle, I believe, with uh, uh, Ray's body. So they believe that he kind of went out without realizing what was going on. So so while he was asleep. While he was asleep, basically. Well, so at least there's that he, much. Jesus. Yeah. So it goes without saying that uh, Yusuko's mother, obviously devastated here, would call the police. 
However, what she had witnessed was irreversible and nothing could replace the family she had just lost. I could not even fucking imagine. Yeah. When the event occurred, Tokyo police were as appalled by the crime scene as Grandma was. They were uh, they were aware that this case would shock everyone in the neighborhood because I'm sure this doesn't happen often. No. Witnessing an entire family being murdered by an unidentified intruder in the middle of the night is one of the most terrifying scenarios that one could possibly even think of. I mean, even he- here now, but yeah. I can only anywhere, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's not something anyone's expecting. So police started uh, investigating the incident and piecing it together at the spot. Yasuko's mother, sister, and brother-in-law, who were all there when the crime took place next door, remembered any, uh, you know, asking them if they remembered anything uh, peculiar or unusual that may have actually transpired, which is crazy. Okay, I'm just, and I know we're going through this. Mm -hmm. This is just my mind unraveling things, you know, unraveling. That little squirrel. Oh, yeah. He's in there. Yeah. He's only got like one eye, one good leg. He listens, but it's not so. But he's he's got, oh, he he lost his nuts a long time ago. (laughs) Um, So what I'm saying is, is that, there was a neighbor that hood hood hood. Jesus, it's such a beautiful story. Hood. <laughs> <laughs> what well, hood was? No, but the, the, somebody walking by heard an argument right. or something. But they live right next door, and right. I can't imagine that it's super like soundproof. Yeah, those walls probably aren't that thick. All right, uh, we're going. Mm-hmm. The only thing that sprang into mind for them was the loud thud that had happened at around 11.30 that evening. And we talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. The timing was supported by a TV schedule that showed that thud happened during a uh, the broadcast of a certain program that they were watching. So, obviously, you would know, like, what happened during Barney Miller. Right. You know, do you have no idea who Barney uh, Miller is? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it happened during Power Rangers. Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Power Rangers. <laughs> I like Mark Beerus. <laughs> I mean, I do like Empire Rangers and yeah. mustard. <laughs> Yellow one's always been my favorite. Because <laughs> it looked like mustard. <laughs> like a slider on a hot dog. <laughs> Sorry. So when Mikio, the father, approached the alleged murderer, okay, here, the police instantly assumed that the thud may have, uh, that may have, that's what the thud was. Right. So maybe the guy, person, said persons, whoever, got in he approached him maybe at the top of the stairs because he sees his wife and daughter being murdered and maybe the thud was him being killed and falling down the steps right or thrown down the steps shit yeah you know what i mean Ugh. anyway so they assumed that uh, they had fought with the person who had attacked uh the family based on the injuries on his body and probably had defensive wounds i would imagine yeah and that the loud thud uh, that they heard the family heard next door could have been him being thrown to the bottom of the steps guess i should continue reading and stop talking <laughs> so mikio had been stabbed several times with the majority of the wounds being to his neck fuck they would deduce that this uh the sashimi knife <laughs> that had been abandoned in the family's kitchen was what had caused the stab wounds wounds but the knife had somehow broken when Mikio was being attacked. That sucks as well. Yeah, I mean, a, the uh, a sashimi knife is not really like a gigantic knife because that's like what they use for like sushi and stuff like that. It's like a, f- a fillet knife. Yeah, it's like a fillet yeah. knife, yeah. A fillet knife. A fillet? Yes. That's what they say over in Ireland. <laughs> oh, you want a fillet? You want a fillet? Yeah. I'll take the steak vagina. Make sure you add extra basil and tomato. <laughs> <laughs> basil and tomato. <laughs> So investigators instantly hypothesized that the broken knife had been merely one of two murder weapons based on the evidence they had at the scene. The killer also used a knife he had discovered in Mikio and Yusuku, uh, Yusuku's very own kitchen to murder 
the two women, ladies, the mom and daughter upstairs. Yeah. Fuck. The fact that Mikio's body was still in his day clothes, business casual dress that he would typically wear out and about, was what was most peculiar about its discovery. Oh, because it's later in the evening. Why was he still dressed in normal clothes? Right, like almost like he was expecting somebody. Because typically you're not going to be like in your work attire. Again, they have tact. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's The culture there is just so... You're not going to be in lingerie waiting for your boss to come over. You know what I mean? (laughs) Wow, wow, (laughs) wow. I've been really (laughs) tired. I mean, it is New Year's for all we're talking about. Yeah, maybe he's getting down. Who knows? No, but but it makes sense, though. He's he's probably... His dress seems ill-fitting for that... For that time, time of the day, correct. Yeah, yeah. As for the bodies of Yusuko and Nina, however, the home was constructed so that a ladder leading to a third-story loft was located at the top of the stairs going to the second level. Mm-hmm. Many people have speculated and postulated that because the third-story loft contained a bed and a TV, Yusuko and Nina were both there when the killings took place, maybe in bed or watching TV. So that's probably their bedroom is what you're saying? Yeah, or at least one of their uh, bedrooms, or even just like a small little like living room, I guess. But Ugh. it was like basically located in the attic portion of things. I, I used to have a uh, an attic. Actually, I've had multiple attic bedrooms, but the one uh, that was really fucking creepy oh, was at my your grandmother, my mom's house, out yeah. in, uh, in what it's worth. <laughs> what it's worth. <laughs> and we lived right in front of a uh, a cemetery. Oh god. Oh yeah. Literally, like my backyard was a cemetery. I loved it. I loved it. So peaceful. Go out there, read, draw, yeah. do whatever. I loved it. Yeah, I've been fucked up ever since I was a little kid. And people, yeah, been, you know, a little like, bit. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I had a, a couple of friends of mine stay over, and we stayed upstairs yeah. in my attic, and it was completely unfinished. Okay. <laughs> I remember waking up and looking over and seeing one of my friends like sitting up in bed because he swears that Abraham Lincoln was standing above the bed. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, <clears throat> I was like, there's no fucking Abraham Lincoln. Get out of here. But I swear he never came back. Never, never, never yeah. came back again. I mean, we're still friends, but he never stayed at my house again ever That's after funny. that. He's yeah. like, y'all get rid of that Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> He's John Wilkes Booth come by yet? Yeah. <laughs> But he, that's what he told me. He said he woke up in the middle of the night and he had, uh, what is that called when you can't move? Uh, like paralysis, sleep paralysis? Like, is that what it's yeah. called, sleep paralysis? So he said he had that and he looked up and it looked like, you know, a guy with a, a top hat and then like a, the, just the long beard, beard. A, a long beard, no mustache, like looking like uh, Abraham Lincoln. He <laughs> woke up and he's like, dude, Abraham Lincoln was over my bed last night. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And we didn't do drugs or anything like that either, right? right? Like it's, it's anyway. That you know of. Yeah, well, they may have, yeah. I guess, yeah. So, uh, of course, they're, uh, the both Yasuko and Nina's bodies uh, were repeatedly stabbed, and they were discovered at the bottom of the ladder leading to that third floor loft, okay? And the investigators determined that both individuals had been stabbed well past the point of death, obviously rage killing, because of the excessive number of knife wounds. Yeah, that's a shit ton. Yeah. This gave rise to several speculations suggesting that the murder had some type of hatred for women or at the very least had some anger toward them. Sadly, this is not an attitude that is particularly particularly unusual in these homicides, but it would become important in the investigation that followed. Okay, before we go any further. Yes. My mind. Yeah. Squirrel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wheel. No nuts. Yes. Got it? All right. Mm-hmm. Mustard. All right. Mustard. Mm-hmm. So, unless... Um, the father, mm-hmm. they were a, um, uh, uh, what do you, uh, not, 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 I can't even think of the damn word. They were a point t- to the dad to hurt him. Right. 
So they just overdid it on him. You know what I mean? So, uh, is dad in some shit? Mm. I mean, oh, all right, we'll keep going. Mm-hmm. But that's where my mind's at right now. Mm-hmm. That I'd be looking at dad. Like, what kind of, because he's opening up emails late at night. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, when they're supposed to be having a party and shit. Um, well, the next day. But anyway, you should be, because this happened on the 30th, not the 31st. Right. right. Okay. And then, you know, he's dressed in normal work attire late in the evening. Mm-hmm. I feel like somebody was like sending a message kind of thing. Yep. Oh boy. All right. We're we're moving on here, folks. Yep. So this gave right ri- this <laughs> What? I'm leaving all this Lord in here. Jesus, this gave rise <laughs> to speculation. Oh, uh, we're we're I'm leaving you know I leave all this in there for a reason. I could edit all this out. But I don't care if I'm an idiot. I, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's. I hopefully you guys find it uh, endearing. That's all I ask. <laughs> anyway, this gave rise to several speculations suggesting that the murder had some type of hatred again for the women. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of where it is here. So uh, Ray, the family's son, the little one here with the little speech impediment or whatever, uh, was discovered murdered in bed. Uh, when police started to piece together the facts, they realized that Ray was the first member of the family to be slain, like we said earlier, which explained why he had avoided a horrific stabbing death like the rest of the family. It's kind of, I, I don't know, that seems weird to me, but I guess... I, I mean, <clears throat> the only thing that I can think of is that if that's the first thing that the so-called murderer uh, saw at first and didn't want to alert the family and took care of the first thing that he saw and then moved on and then kind of forgot about it because in the heat of the moment, I guess, kind of thing. But it, it, we'd be piece more together later. So. Yeah, okay. About six hours after the deaths were found that afternoon, a young guy was brought into a hospital in Tobu Niko uh, Station. The Mayazawa family's neighborhood in Tokyo, Setagawa, is just a few hours north of Tobu Niku Station, and there are several connecting trains that run between the two, possibly one of the little jerk balls that got into the taxi. Yep. This individual, whose age was given as 30... This is really weird, by the way. Pay attention. ...was accepted without disclosing his identity or the nature of his injuries. Odd. Yep. Wait, you can do that? Apparently in Japan, you can walk in with a gunshot wound, and they treat you, and they kick you out. No questions asked. Well, this wasn't a gunshot wound. I know, but I'm just saying, like, in general, though, like, there's really no questions asked for anything that happened. Like, when you're here in the States and you go to a... You need ID immediately. You need ID. You get ID immediately first off, and you know all your whatever, whatever, because we're money hungry. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, you know, ask questions like, how did this happen? So that they say, so that way they can further treat the wound or whatever, but I think it's a little... Yeah. Yeah. That's odd. Yeah. It's odd. Yeah. So the wound on his hand was allegedly so serious that uh, some of the bone was showing. So that's fun. Yeah. Staff members at the scene were astonished by how casually the man was treating the wound and thought him to be fairly suspect, which is why they had a good memory of his, you know, the specifics about him. And yeah, I mean, if you're in there, but then again, I mean, I don't know. Is he trying to hide something or is he just like a tough dude? Yeah. If you're a skater dude and you're, you know, in some gang or whatever, biker gang, bukaki gang or whatever, and you happen to fall down and hurt your arm or whatever, you can't show your boys that, you know, those are your Bukaki boys. Do you know and, what a Bukaki is? Oh, I do. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> That's why I keep saying it. All right. If you guys want to do yourself a favor, don't know what that is, uh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And while you're at it, Google Blue Waffle. Yeah. There you go. And then you erase your history. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and don't get mad at me is all I'm saying. No, don't don't look at any of those things. Please don't. Jesus. God, don't do that. God. So this man was dressed in a black down jacket and pants and appeared to be... He had down pants on. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And appeared to be well into his 40s. Okay, the medical personnel had no idea what had transpired just hours earlier, yet the man was treated and then released despite not providing any information about himself. That does seem weird. Odd. Like you just walk in like, yeah, I hurt my hand. Yeah. Well, what happened? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 You you're good. Yeah. <laughs> the crime scene was completely covered with evidence of what had occurred in the early morning hours of December 31st, much to the investigators' amazement. Dude, this is. Uh, yeah. Uh, First and foremost, by locating the murder weapons right away, the authorities had found the key to, well, the murders. Both knives were quickly discovered there, still covered in blood. Okay. So they left the knives there. Yep. So they could have just maybe been just running in, doing this thing real quick, and throw them down and leave. Right? Sure. I mean, they took one from the kitchen. Yeah. So, okay. In contrast to many police investigations that falter in the absence of a murder weapon, the police in this case found two within the first few minutes of their inquiry. Almost Uh, like they were left out on purpose for them to find. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But in addition to the blades, the Miyazawa family house turned out to be a gold mine of information that helped the police put together what had actually transpired that night. Yep, and this is where things get Almost like it was put together. Yep, and it's confusing. Oh, boy. You guys ready for this? Nope. The family's first aid box had been unlocked, perhaps by Yusuko or uh, Nina. That's mom or the older uh, older daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the daughter. The daughter, yeah. At some point during the actual assault. And, you know, they would actually discover this thing. Blood from eight-year-old Nina was discovered on several of the first aid kit's bandages. Oh. What? Okay, maybe mom got hurt and she ran in there? Or maybe she got hurt? Both, yeah. And then she went to go whatever... Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the authorities would uncover unflushed excrement in the upper bathroom. That's kind of messed up. This was reportedly left by the murderer who was either too proud of his ability to get away with it or too ignorant of DNA testing. So the dude dropped a deuce. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Investigators would find traces of a meal with string beans and sesame spinach that had uh, presumably been consumed somewhere else. So this is what they found in his boo-boo? That's what they found in his poop. Mm. Since then, internet web sleuths have described this dish as relatively boring, similar to what a mother might serve her kid. This has become a popular hypothesis about a man who continued to live at home with his mother. Or he could just be broke. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's what is it? Sesame spinach and string beans? Yeah. That's just spinach and beans, man. Maybe he's gluten intolerant. Or vegetarian. Like mustard. <laughs> <laughs> so the footprints of the presumed intruder were all over the home, strewn around in blood and mud. It would soon be uh, generally recognized that these shoe patterns belong to a particular kind of slazen, slazenger? Slazenger. Slazenger footwear. That doesn't sound Japanese at all. Yeah, you'll find out. Oh, okay. At this time, slazenger shoes were uh, accessible all throughout Japan, but the shoe print they left behind was uh, for a very particular size that wasn't available there. Mm -hmm. Many ideas concerning the killer's ethnicity were spiked by the fact that the shoe size was a Korean shoe size, and the shoe would have most likely only have been found for sale in South Korea. Which means you had to have been there to get it. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. In addition to the bandages from the first aid kit used by Nina, towels and women's sanitary towels. Sorry, that was me. My beer. Sorry. <laughs> it was like... 
<laughs> so, uh, so women's sanitary towels were also discovered with unidentified amounts of blood on them. This was a surprising discovery for the police since it supported the theory that Mikio had engaged the attacker on the steps, presumably injur- injuring them or injuring him himself. This is the dad uh, injuring him and forcing him to seek immediate medical assistance. So is it possible that they dropped him first and then little Nina went, ran to go get whatever and that's when they were like, whatevs? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh my God, I don't like this. Police would have to send uh, the blood samples for testing, which is a process that would, you know, obviously take some time. They would have to continue looking for evidence until then, which the murder, uh, which the murderer had purpose purposefully left behind. Oh, yeah. Okay. The most shocking evidence found throughout the inquiry was a range of apparel and belongings that the killer and or killers brought before leaving them behind. So they brought stuff with them and left it. Mm, yeah. It appeared as though the murderer intentionally left the garments behind or at the very least paid no attention to doing so. I mean... Okay. I need a freaking noise real fast. Okay. Squirrel. Yeah. Um, One of two things. Okay. Either A, it's a setup to somebody else, mm-hmm. or B, it's like a calling card. Or C, it's because he had blood all over him and didn't want to walk around in public with blood on him. Yeah, but why would you leave your stuff there? Because I mean, he took a shit in the fucking... Upstairs bathroom. Okay, so we have a really stupid criminal is what we have. Or he's sending a message. Yeah, I think the message thing. Mm, I don't I honestly don't know, but it seems odd. Or it could just be a yeah, maybe maybe all it is is some dude freaking broke into somebody's house and freaked out and killed everybody and then was dumb enough to do that and then left all this shit. I don't know. A couple hundred times of stabbings though it doesn't seem like it's just a happened occurrence. No, that's extremely aggressive. Yeah. Like, that's rage that's killing. like hatred for yeah, something. Yeah, that's rage killing. Like, you don't hear about that very often. That's nope. Oh, boy. Okay. So, the attire that the murderer had most likely worn to the crime site uh, was described as being suitable for a skater. Oh, boy. The goods included... The goods. I love that. The goods. Give me the goods, see? That's good for you right here, man. Included a black AirTech jacket, a uh, white and purple long sleeve shirt, which uh, has alternately been referred to as a hoodie and a long sleeve shirt. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, they were saying like it was a two piece thing, is what people were thinking it was. Okay. Yeah. Black Edwin gloves, a multicolored scarf with no tags that is almost unrecognizable, and a black handkerchief. Okay, that sounds like gang shit. I'm sorry. That's what that sounds like to me, right? Yeah. And that's kind of sound gang. I mean, what do you got a black hanky for? Uh, he didn't want a white one to show off. He wanted a black one and see, you know, subtle. Maybe the black is what went with his outfit. Or maybe he's just an idiot. Mm-hmm. Wasn't yellow. Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> the blood stains found on the long sleeve shirt made it the most notable of the pieces. Even if it wasn't the proper size, the clothes weren't in the same style as anything the family members would have worn. So it obviously came from the murderer. Yeah. Only um, uh, Marafuru Marafuru Stores, a retail chain that also offered the style of gloves and hat discovered at the crime site, uh, carried the white shirt with purple sleeves. Okay. Know that part, though. That's good. The handkerchief was also notable in its own right because the police learned that it had been ironed before use. How ironing? Unless it was brand new. All right, so very few individuals would go to the trouble of ironing a handkerchief. Thus, you know, they thought this was odd. Yeah, a little bit. Unless mommy takes care of his clothes for him. Oh, yeah. No. Internet theorists have said that the handkerchief uh, being ironed is another, uh, just more indication that the suspected killer lived at home with a mother figure because they thought of a young skater. Young, they said he's like 30 or 40. He's not young. 
using a handkerchief is already you know peculiar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I, I didn't write any of this stuff, by the way. So I mean, talking ahead, I, I, I just guessing it. Sure. <laughs> so forensic experts would find traces of the male perfume. Oh, Dracar Noir. Yeah. Dude, I remember Dracar Noir. Yeah. Dracar. 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 Ugh. It was so heavy, potent yeah. smell. Yeah. yeah. And everyone out there right now is like, oh, man, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> Sorry. Got the same bottle when I was 16. Sorry. It was discovered that every piece of clothing had been cleaned in hard water, which meant that the water used to clean the clothes was rich in minerals and vitamins and that uh, that aren't often present in water that naturally occurs. Okay. Weird. Japan has traditionally employed a soft water system, which simply means that the water is water with some sodium added. Given that the uh, that Korea has a hard water system and that the clothing were cleaned the ma- in the manner that uh, you know they were discovered, this would be a point in the killer's favor if they were identified as having a Korean ancestry. So basically, shoes Korean, yeah, right, yeah, and the water thing, and that's crazy that they actually got this down to that, and they can actually tell mm-hmm. the kind of water that uh, was. Vegas has a, a hard water, so they have to have a soft water treatment. We actually, have of course, a- they do. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have no mustard, <laughs> but yeah we had a we had our own like right next to the hot water tank we had a soft water tank so we had to pour potassium pellets or uh, sodium pellets in it to soften the water otherwise it would cal- cal- calcify and shit and make your skin all dry and psoriasis that's how you get mummies yeah yeah oh yeah all right yeah however in addition to the clothing the murderer also left behind further evidence in the form of personal possessions mm. A hip bag, or rucksack, which resembled a cross between a messenger bag, a tiny backpack, and a fanny pack, was the first and prominent of these accessories. And didn't we hear about a guy that was carrying one of those earlier? Yeah, he had a nutsack. Guy had a nutsack. <laughs> he left his nutsack there. It sucks. Okay, so wait a minute. This is... Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Although the hip bag, a.k.a. the man bag, or the satchel... It works too. Satchel's Satchel, a good one. Satchel's a good, one, yeah. Satchel's a good word. Yeah, like my nut satchel. <laughs> you know, that's my my yam sack. I use it for carrying my mustard. <laughs> my yam sack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> although the bag itself had a relatively innocent appearance, it did in uh, it include certain bits of information that would help detectives approach the case in the future. Mm-hmm. A piece of grip tape used on skateboards. <laughs> Served as the first piece of proof. The second was the Dracar Noir. Fucking Dracar. Fragrance. Uh, fragrance. Fuck. What am I doing today? <laughs> That's called karma. <laughs> fun of this fragrance traces, uh, the traces from it that were discovered on the handkerchief. Okay. So it had that as well. So that had to have been inside. Okay. Mm-hmm. The most surprising discovery was uh, sand, which was the final item removed from the hip bag. This is really cool, by the way. Okay. The location of the sand, which pointed to the southwestern United States, okay, allowed the identification of the material contained in the bag, specifically the vicinity of Edwards Air Force Base, a military facility located roughly 100 miles north of Los Angeles. They can identify the sand? That's what I was saying. That's freaking and, crazy. And they didn't. They don't have an arrest on this? You could tell me what sand it is and where the water was, but you, you don't have an arrest. You see my frustrations? Why I've been wanting to do this? Yep. I was so hard-pressed on doing this because yep. this shit don't make no fucking sense. Yep. Yeah. I don't like it. <clears throat> okay. 
Yep. This shocking piece of uh, information here, which may connect the murderer to a military facility hundreds of miles away, has probably thrown the entire investigation into a fucking clusterfuck. Hey, a little bit. Many people have interpreted this as evidence that the murderer was maybe an airman stationed in Tokyo or a certain category or contractor who conducted business internationally. Some have been attempted to connect this information to the handkerchief that has, you know, been ironed as a symbol of military bearing as the military does encourage ironing as a component of its standard behavior. The plausible. I don't really know many airmen that, you know, buy skater clothes and run around looking like a skater boy. Hanging out with them skater girls. Saying later, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was waiting. Say later, boy. Damn it. You had to yeah, do that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I was waiting. Uh, to do that. And he takes the bait. Yes. So despite the fact that there was a ton of evidence on the scene, the investigation was far from over. There would still be new information to emerge in the investigation, and there was still no strong indication of a suspect. Uh, I don't think that's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't... Yeah, there is. <laughs> I got shit. I know he was right over here, and we saw some dude that went to the hospital and had his hand pretty much fucking caught the bit off or whatever the hell happened. Okay, we're in 2000, Nine, right? Yeah, 2000 years. 2000, because yes. they're celebrating New Year's in 2001, so this is yes. not 2000. Yes. Hospitals not have uh, security cameras? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently not. They can't hear the look on your face. <laughs> So I'm going to say we don't know, right? Yeah, don't Obviously know. not, though, right? Because wouldn't they just... Oh, my God. <sighs> so, of course, we're you know dealing with this now. Days started to transform into weeks, which eventually changed into months. Police made a plea for anyone with information about the apparel while, you know, you know, to the public and, and basically just come out. If you know anything about the, these clothing, uh, the, the clothing or uh, any of the uh, evidence, shoes or yeah. evidence or anything like that, yeah, say something. Several pieces of clothes could be traced back to their owners, but the majority of the goods the murderer left behind at the Mayazawa home were ordinary. So, in other words, you could find them everywhere. Yep. It was impossible to find every owner of the apparel, because owner, I'm assuming company. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, because thousands of each had been sold in Japan in the few months before the deaths, other than the damn shoes. Yeah, that's the only thing that's kind of like, me. About 100 days after the killings, at the beginning of April, authorities made an intriguing discovery. They had found a little Buddhist statue that was first brought in as evidence not more than a mile from the Mayazawa residence. So they stole it? Huh. Mm. Jizo is a... Uh, Jizo? Jizo? Jizo is a Buddhist god, yeah. Jizo. I know that part. I'm just making sure I'm saying <laughs> the, the fucking name right. Jizo is a Buddhist god who guards children in the afterlife, and that statue was made in his likeness. Jizo... Is it Jizo? <laughs> Dude, I'm really trying not to do that. Jizo, an embodiment of Buddhism in Eastern uh, Asia, is thought to guard children who pass away before their parents in the afterlife from demons as they ascend to the spirit realm. Crazy. Mm -hmm. When the uh, the police first brought this in as uh, brought it in as evidence, they reasoned that the uh, that possibly the murderer had left it behind as a token of regret or guilt. Ooh, weird. Regardless of who put it there, it serves as a sorrowful reminder of the atrocities against the Mayazawas and in the Setagawa, Setagaya province adjacent, you know, at, at their home. I mm -hmm. mean, yeah, that's crazy. Police had uh, outlined a sequence of events that led to the family's murder as they continued to piece together the evidence and test the forensics against their expanding database, which at the time at the family's murder in 2000 was still fairly recent in the world of crime fighting. Yeah, because DNA had just come out like yeah, a bunch not of long before that. Yeah. Ugh. 
The killer most likely entered the house through the second-story bathroom window, which was just above a fence separating the home from the park and was accessible from the rear of the house. This would be a somewhat physically demanding act that would need for the murderer to have at least a, you know, mediocre bit of upper body strength, right? Right. They believed that after entering the house, the attacker had targeted the unfortunate, you know, the young one, uh, Ray, right? Mm. First, going into his bedroom and strangling him while he was still asleep. At least he was asleep. God. Could have been, I mean, yeah. Yeah. From there, the course of events slightly fragments, uh, with investigators having doubts regarding the killer's for, uh, next move here. Uh, they believe um, that Mikio was working on his computer in the study below, you know, downstairs, because he was, you know, with the uh, emails and shit. And the disturbance coming from above, you know, made perked him up a little bit. Right. And when he walked up the stairs, he came across the murderer. A fight broke out there, and Mikio fell to the ground, where he would be discovered hours later. Okay. According to the sequence of events, Yasuko and Nina were the next to be approached by the assailant, who either assaulted them upstairs in the third floor loft or at the bottom of the ladder leading to it. Did they not? Did they find blood in the loft? I don't believe so. Okay. Nina used the first aid kit at some point to try to bind some of her own wounds. Thus, it's likely that her murderer attacked them with his uh, the, the broken knife, realized he couldn't use it because it wasn't doing shit other than freaking hurting her, right? And fled to the kitchen to grab another knife. Yasuko and Nina attempted to obtain her medical treatment during this full sense, uh, this this time, uh, since they uh, thought the murderer had abandoned. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So they thought that he, he was leaving, off, yeah, and instead he was going to grab another fucking knife. Yeah, or they, they were mm-hmm. no, but that no. Hold on, now it's making me believe that it's only one person. Yeah, pretty much leads to that. Unless you know? there was somebody outside, like, kind of, like, doing other stuff. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, in the home. In the house at this exact time. Because yeah, if mom and, and, you know, the daughter get attacked, and then they think he's leaving. Right. You know, ah, this is crazy. Such a crazy story. And if the, uh, the scenario here is correct, the killer then returned with his new weapon to kill the family, murdering the two at the foot of the ladder leading up to the loft. Maybe he was trying to get away, and they were trying to stop him. Yeah. Possibly around this point, Mikio heard a scuffle upstairs and hurried up there in an effort to distract the murderer from his family, not realizing that Ray had already been killed. The murderer managed to inflict Mikio's fatal wounds there, but not before breaking his murder weapon and becoming hurt himself. Their fight had brought them to the stairs. Okay, so this is basically saying like what happened right uh, before yeah, that part. that could have happened to it, yeah. yeah. And the, uh, the this murderer butthole, who was now uh, not far from the family's kitchen, of course, he went inside, got a new one, returned upstairs, and that's where he killed the mother and daughter, who were trying to bandage up Nina's wounds, which is why they found the blood in the first aid kit. Right. And perhaps they were moving toward the loft in an effort to elude, to get out, away from him, expecting that the ladder would be lowered behind them. Okay, so they're kind of like blocking his path. Right. However, police would find out during their reenactment of the incident that the murderer had remained he stayed there after killing all four members of the family, and he would eventually spend hours inside the house of the family. Could he have eaten there? I mean, no, it takes because, a long time yeah, for food that digestion. you digest. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would take too long. But still, he took time to go and like drop a deuce. Oh, it gets weirder. Uh, uh, police concluded, based on evidence, that the murderer chose to remain in the home as an uninvited house guest rather than leave right after killing the Mayazawa family. He hadn't even bothered to cover the remains of the four family members when he made the decision to settle down for the evening. He stayed the night? Pretty much. What? 
One of the more peculiar events in the narrative itself was the uh, he this murderer the here perp, yeah. Yeah, had allegedly taken a nap on the family sofa in the living room. Typically, suspects leave the scene as quickly as they possibly can, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to get freaking caught. But this guy seemed to have relished in the closeness of spending the night at the victim's house. What the fuck? The murderer of the Miyazawa family treated himself to ice cream from the refrigerator. Police would soon, uh, they'd find, uh, you know, four ice cream wrappers with the alleged killer's prints on them. And they were also uh, known as popsicle wrappers in certain accounts. So some people said popsicles, some people said ice cream wrappers, whatever. These uh, fingerprints match those that were left all around the house by people who weren't members of the family in attendance. So they have, hold on. They got poop. Mm -hmm. They got clothes. Mm -hmm. They got blood. Mm -hmm. And they got fingerprints. Mm -hmm. And no guy. This is how I die, Logan. <laughs> Sorry. This is how I die. Yep. Just just over. Just, yep. Ah. So the family's PC was in the downstairs study, and this piece of shit also used it. A few, a few hours or so after the family was probably killed on December 31st, right around 1.18 a.m., they noticed that the computer had been accessed. Wait a second. Okay. And uh, the murderer here, the suspect, had gone to the Shiki Theater Company's website, which Mikio had already bookmarked, because theater was a, a love of Mikio's, and uh, and, uh, and nobody there was to question, you know, basically saying it was some sort of qu- uh, joke or whatever like that on the part of the perpetrator, you know what I mean? So he could have just went on there just to be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or the family was indeed slain hours after many people thought they were. Is that a possibility? Could be. I mean, it doesn't really coincide with the loud thud and the ruckus that they heard uh, prior to. Because, I mean, after you get into a fight, why would you want to go look up movie theater tickets? So it was Dad. What if Dad killed everybody? That's kind of what I was thinking at first. And then this dude was breaking into the house and found out what was going on and finished the job. Or maybe they were in it together and the dude stabbed him in the back kind of Or thing. maybe dad did all this himself. Maybe dad, maybe that, what was that email that we were talking about? Is it possible maybe he lost his job and he freaked, freaked out? out? Yeah, that could be a huge possibility. Oh, but so many questions. The next part doesn't make any sense. Okay. Though. The odds are still very much in favor of the murderer doing it since someone had visited that website at 118 in the morning and attempted to purchase performance tickets online. Yeah, yeah. Why would why would it, why why would a guy come in and murder an entire family and then sit down and try to buy you know tickets to a, a play? How do you buy his tickets though? Ooh, man, that's not on record. Ooh, that's oh. Uh, so oh. that leads me to believe that not only do they have poop, clothes, blood, fingerprints, and possibly some credit card information, because that does get saved on your computer, and you can access that from the company's website as well, too. Yeah, because unless he used Mikio's. There's a very large possibility. I don't remember if I found that out or not. So hours later, at around 10.05 in the morning, the murderer reportedly allegedly signed, reportedly allegedly, I love that, (laughs) signed on to examine the websites of Mikio's business, Interbrand, with the University Yasuko that she taught at. Interestingly, the murderer only visited websites that the family had bookmarked maybe in an effort to enjoy the closeness of their home. Kind of sulking in the uh, aftermath. Like who they were. Yeah. Don't like that. The murderer had only used the computer for about 10 minutes total before unplugging it from the wall. Which was odd. Yeah. 
Then the killer had amassed the family's credit and ID cards throughout the course of the evening. Okay, maybe that's how he did it. Possibly. They were all discovered organized in the family's living room next to the sofa where the perp had slept. Yeah. Many people have argued that this was an extremely peculiar attempt by the killer or killers to try and guess the pin numbers required to use the cards. He left them behind since he knew he wouldn't try, uh, you know, to keep them, you know, keep guessing or whatever and possibly be caught. Okay, so he got all their credit cards and stuff and was sitting there and trying to, Mm-hmm. Was that how he was trying? That's how he was trying to. Did, did he confirm buying the tickets? I don't remember. So he attempted to buy tickets. And yeah. That's probably how he was doing it, which is Pos- still super fucked up. Po- po- yeah, it is. But yeah, possibly in this event. It gets even weirder, though. Oh, yeah, boy. I don't understand this next part. A strange assortment of the family's possessions and trash were also gathered by the, uh, the piece of shit here before departing and dumped into the bathtub for some reason. The majority of these items were garbage, like ice cream wrappers or torn up flyers, but they also included some of Mikio's work receipts, Yasuko's school records, and even feminine hygiene products stained with the murderer's blood. Many have speculated as to why the murderer would leave such a strange collection of trash in the bathtub, but have come to the conclusion that they may have intended to use them for anything and simply forgot. Unaware that he left um, a you know a shit ton of evidence behind, he may have intended to let the uh, you know all the shit soak before being discovered. Okay, so he wanted to what make it? I what? Yeah, that's what I, said. I, I don't, I don't I understand, <laughs> dude. The more I'm listening to this, the more it's the dad. The dad freaked out. Dad freaked out. He's taking stuff that from his family, maybe cleansing it. Yeah, you know some sort of a ritualistic thing. I mean, he did have a lot of stab wounds at the neck, which would be an easy target for him to for himself, like, yeah. right? But at that culture, that still wouldn't that still be like trying to mutilate yourself in like like the torso area, like your stomach and stuff? Oh, like the what is that? Seppuku? Is that the word? Yeah, yeah. Like seppuku, like when dishonored your family, you put your knife in there and you twist and turn and pull up. Unless he's just losing his shit and just said this the quickest way. Do we do we know? Did it say? And I'm sorry, it may have said. Did it say what knife he was killed with? Uh, the sashimi knife that was bought from some random person at a different store. See, then that... that t- because that sashimi knife was broken, broken and then used in the family. And then the the knife from downstairs was used. Right. Ah. So... Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Police believe the murderer had stolen the family's money around uh, 125,000 yen after had been sleeping. He took a nap in the Maizawa house for a few hours. That basically translates to more than a grand in American dollars. However, the fact that the killer had been eating ice cream and using the computer in the family study where extra money was quickly discovered led the detectives to believe that it wasn't a straightforward heist, not a robbery. Right. Jesus. Additionally, if this had been a robbery, the murderer may have taken some expensive items, but appeared it appeared that the family's possessions had all been left behind. Except for the money. The only thing that was thought to be missing was a worn-out jacket that had belonged to Mikio. Which, then, there's some relation there. Or he just thought it was nice. Yeah. Or he was covered in blood and took all his shit off and needed something to wear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he left all, he left his hoodie and everything else there. He probably just took a jacket and was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good now. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no mustard in this one. The entrance door was locked when uh, Yusuko's mother entered the crime scene, according to her memory. Remember, she said she used her keys. Right. Police speculated that the killer may have returned through the second-story bathroom window he had used to enter because of that. So it was locked. He couldn't get it open. 
The door was shut when Yasuko's mother arrived, but over time, she has grown unsure of this fact, and it has never been made crystal clear how the murderer fled the scene of the, you know, of the murders. Right. So, Grandma doesn't remember. She doesn't remember if she unlocked the door or not, or if the door was, in fact, unlocked, but she put her key in anyways to try and turn and unlock the door. Because I do that all the time, too. Like, I forget if I lock my house or whatever when I'm, like, leaving, so put my key in there and just lock it just in case to make sure. Yeah. But you don't feel that little click-click because you're in a rush. Mm. Yeah. By 2006, forensic science had advanced to the point that sluice could resurrect, uh, you know, this whole ordeal here. Or at the very least, extract this monster from the Setagaya neighborhood's mid-2000 zeitgeist and turn him back into a mortal man with flesh and bone. In other words, you could you, you now have the, the, the science to grab this guy. We have the technology. <laughs> no, 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 no. So DNA genome, genome testing was used to determine the precise characteristics of the murderer using the blood found on towels and feminine items at the site. The results were shocking. Not really. <laughs> Police found that the Miyazawa, fa- uh, Miyazawa family's uh, suspected murderer was of mixed ethnicity and probably not a citizen of Japan. Yeah. One of his parents, or her parents, was of Southern European ancestry, while the other belonged to two distinct cultures, one of which was Eastern Asian. Okay, so still could be Korean. Mm-hmm. And Southern European ancestry, I mean, that could be... Mm-hmm. You could be Spanish at that point, you know what I mean? Which kind I of... I guess that's Southwestern, but anyway. But it's still kind of Southern. Yeah. So according to a police source who spoke to the uh, publication Japan Today, the murderer was a guy of Asian descent. Quote, his DNA carried a marker from his father that occurs in one out of every 13 Japanese, one out of about 10 Chinese, and one in every five or so Koreans. Based on mitochondrial DNA, his mother had ancestry originating from the uh, southern Mediterranean area, probably around the Adriatic. Like Greece, Italy, stuff like that. Huh. Yeah. But in addition to the probable DNA, we also have some additional information about the murderer. By comparing the clothing he left at the crime scene, <laughs> they were able to determine that he uh, is approximately about 5 foot 7 inches. Correct. His shoes were a Korean size, measuring a little uh, about 11 inches or 27.5. Wait, 11 inches? Yeah, it's like a size 10, size 9. Oh, okay. I was it's like... like- I was gonna say five foot seven. You gotta wear an eleven food uh, food f- <laughs> shoe. Like your foot's an eleven. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like that's a big shoe size for yeah. a small guy. Yeah. He had a blood type A, and uh, you know, since the blood found at the site did not match that of the victim. So the crazy part, though, about that is that they have his blood type. They know what his genome is, all that stuff. If he was military, his blood is on record, so they would have easily have found who would have would been had they archived the right necessary files. So it's apparent that he had no federal, I guess, um, connections. So that means he didn't really, he wasn't part of a lot of systems. So maybe it was like a hitman taken out. You know what I mean? Like, dude, this is such a crazy story. Mm-hmm. And they really don't have any suspects of any kind. I tried looking to find that they had anybody. Like nothing about this makes sense in any way. I just way. don't understand how you can have that much fucking evidence and still not even have a lead. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they have no no suspects, right? Nothing. Nothing. How Literally in don't the know. shit is that even fucking possible? Even though they found people that had, there were witnesses of seeing certain people that were uh, skulking the area at the time too, a couple of days prior. Guy wearing that weird rucksack or whatever, and there was a similar rucksack that was found in the house. Nutsack. Yes, the nutsack. Yes, he was wearing a nutsack. Yes. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. This is so. Uh, 
It's one of those, I don't know, uh, is it possible Okay. that they were murdered later? Okay. Or is it possible Dad lost his shit? And... The only way I can plausibly... Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Follow me real fast. Okay, 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 okay. Dad's about to lose his job. Mm. Shit's going rough. Mm -hmm. He hires someone to break into the house. Okay? He hires someone to break into the house. As the guy is breaking into the house, or maybe after he left, he murders the family and then kills himself. Mm, Yeah. I mean, he got beat the fuck up, though. Yeah, dude, I don't know. Like, the only thing I can possibly think that would even remotely make sense to that, because the way he, the, the, the perp left, the, the unsub left, it, it just doesn't really make sense. So, like, the only thing I could think of is that this dude was trying to break in, saw dad possibly doing very bad things to the wife and daughter and stuff, and felt bad. Oh, and you think he saw, like, what was going on and didn't want to be claimed for it so he did what he did and then kind of was like well shit I'm probably gonna go to jail so I'm gonna fuck around and mess with her shit mm, but yeah, the thing that really that's... gets me though is that even though he was going through bookmarks on the computer the, one of the first sites he went to was his email and to his company's website and then booked tickets for a theater and went through each individual link on the bookmarks do you think he was, maybe he's searching for something? That's what I'm kind of thinking. You know what I mean, maybe I feel like it was something to do with a, a hit or something. Maybe that confrontation with that 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 Bukaki club or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> not this time, yeah, that uh, was you. That was maybe, all you. Maybe they, you know, had some connection and found out who this dude was and was trying to figure out what they can kind of pen him for. And things turned rough, and whole family ended up dead. It just, I, man, I don't, ah, there's so many there's questions. There's so many questions. Like, there's so many possible avenues. The just, thing that just gets me, though, is the fact that they had so much evidence and the fact that they have a possible suspect that went into a hospital, but they had no contact information, no res- residential information. All they had was just what he looked like. And he had no identifying marks other than you could see the bone in his hand. Question. Yo. Could it have possibly been any of the family next door? Could. I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of other than just what the 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 uh, thing was like the uncle or the cousin or something like that. They just have what he heard when he was watching his shows, which he could be lying about. He could, you know what I mean? I mean, he knows how the house plan is, knows everyone's at. Could easily have gone from his side of the house into the bathroom window right next to it, crawled in there, did his deeds, and wanted some of the money and. Yeah, the taking a dump thing, that's weird. And yeah. and and the amount of stab wounds on the daughter and the mother. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, that that leads me to believe that was, excuse me, premeditated. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, a big burp. That was like, that's so excessive. Yeah, it's got to be premeditated. There's a reasoning for that. And there's no, re- like, it, it almost felt like it was like a hit for the family. But at the same time, like, I don't think any companies would go to that extreme to kick a family out of the neighborhood they were the last four met family members there like i don't think they would go to the extreme of murdering an entire family household just to get the rest of the neighborhood out to make a couple million dollars okay, but in the same sense do you think that unless it was some sort of a, a an uh, initiation thing from the bukaki club or whatever 100 percent could have you been I mean? Like, I mean we deal with that all the time like when i was working at the the prison uh we had the heartless felons which is a really nasty young thug uh, uh gang uh, around the cleveland area and that was how they made their bones they would beat up and kill COs. That was one of the incidents I got into with my altercations there. I got into a fight with an HF. 
AHF. Yeah, Heartless Fallon. Oh, I thought I was like, you know, Herberto Fernandez. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Herberto Fernandez. No, I'm just kidding. And my name is Manigo Matoya. What is it? Anigo Montoya. Yeah. You, you killed kill my, my father. father. Prepare to die. <laughs> Love that. Have you actually seen that movie? No, I just know that. Mother. F- <laughs> it's like you just intentionally break my heart. <laughs> I failed as a father. <sighs> anyway, so oh my god, I don't know, man. This yeah, there's is just so many questions. This there's, is so weird in that there's no, there's nothing, no leads, no suspects, nothing, and you've got all this evidence. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. All right, so today on the movies. The movies. <laughs> we're doing movies. Today we're talking about 25 of the most bizarre locations ever used to shoot a movie with mustard. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, no, it's 25 of the most bizarre locations ever used to shoot a movie. And we'll go through these quick. I want to see how many of these I've actually seen. Starting at no, 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 number <laughs> number twenty five is New Paltz, New York. All right, and we're gonna see how many of these that you've actually seen. Okay, versus how I have. Okay, this is a a quiet place. See, have you seen it? Yes. Have you really? One and two. Yeah. What do you think? So I was baffled by how strong the mom is in this movie. Yeah. Like at the very end, the dude, the aliens walking by, and she's giving birth. Literally, like, oh my god, I couldn't imagine that. It's a good movie. It's yeah. got uh, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski. Yeah, you know, was... you guys know what it is. It's, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's basically where they have the, the aliens are around and they have to be extremely quiet. Yep. And like they can't talk at all. And uh, isn't the daughter blind? No, she's deaf. She's deaf. Yeah, okay. she's she's actually deaf. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, says uh, it grossed three hundred and forty million dollars worldwide. Uh, from a budget of only seventeen million, that's a lot of money. Made. They made some cheese on that one. Next up is number twenty-four. This is uh, Wadi Rum jo- uh, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Oh, this would be Matt Damon's movie here. Yes. All right. And uh, let's see here. Uh, been a lot of plays in his career. Oh, this is where they uh, we're treating it like Mars, basically. Yeah, this is the Martian order. For the Martian, yeah. yeah. It was okay. I didn't see it. It was kind of a slow burn. I like Matt Damon, but I like, I like old Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Like uh, Ocean's 11, 12, and 13 Matt Damon, where he was just this young guy that no one really knew about, you know? And then he started becoming the born, and it just kind of was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Number 23, the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, which if you've been a listener for a long time, you know we've discussed this because this is where Stephen King mm -hmm, Mm. actually has his own room there. Oh, God. Yeah. uh, From Stanley Kubrick's uh, version of The Shining, and that's where that came from. Have you seen The Shining? Yes, I have. I actually have. Really? I, I actually have, yeah. Like the original with... Yes, the original. The, I haven't seen the okay. Doctor Sleep one. I've seen the original uh, The Shining, though. Okay. I actually liked it. It was uh, it was a slow... For me, it was a little bit of a slow burn, but it was one of those, like, mess with your brains because I kind of felt like I was... a psychological would... thriller like a mofo. Yeah, I kind of feel like I would snap if someone kept bugging the fuck out of me while I'm trying to write and get this big-ass hotel. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Me. 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 Uh, number 22 is Surrey in the United Kingdom. Okay. Uh, so this is like a weird spot, I guess. It says, This forest is in Farnham, Surrey. Uh, was used in the epic uh, opening battle scene of Russell Crowe and Ridley Scott's Gladiator. 
I've seen, seen. I've seen parts of it. I wasn't like. It's really, a good movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. I just wasn't like really enthralled by it. I like the uh, okay. the one that uh, Brad Pitt did. Was it Brad Pitt? Yeah. The yeah. What is it called? Not, not Cleopatra. No, it's uh, the dude's name. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Bill, Steve, Tom, Casher Blade. No, because he had that. <laughs> 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 but he has like that famous line that I absolutely love. That uh, uh, Troy. Yeah, Troy. Seeing a king Troy, fight his is. own battle yeah. is something that I would probably never see. Yeah, like that was like that's. I've never seen Troy. Really? Yeah, I've never. Seen oh, it's that. actually. I, I I thought it was good. I like Brad Pitt though. He's a very yeah. good actor. Yeah, we we know. Hey, I don't talk like I talk about Ryan Reynolds or anybody else when it <laughs> yeah, comes to him. Yeah, definitely got to. So this is uh, number 21, Grand Forks, North Dakota. And this is the Coen Brothers 1996 movie. I, that's what I thought this was. I have seen this. It's amazing. They had a show about it. We've talked about it numerous times on our show. It's Fargo. I have not seen Fargo. Fargo is so good. Yeah. Steve Buscemi. Oh, my God. You just got to watch it. It's super quirky and, like, real, like, dark black comedy. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. We're, like... People are just dying and like something dumb will happen and you laugh. Kind of like our show. Yeah. <laughs> Number 20. Oh boy. Uh, Zheng Zhizhi. Zheng Zhizhi. That's what I said. Yeah. National Forest Park in China. T. Ooh. James Cameron is probably one of the most successful directors of all time. Having helmed films like The Terminator, Titanic, and True Lies tells us that any film he writes and directs is a must-see at the cinemas. His 2009 film Avatar is no different. Set in the future on a fictional planet, that landscape would have to be created, but some of it is real. One background they used was China's Xinjiang <laughs> National Forest Park. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I didn't know that either. Love that movie. Yeah, I saw the... I told you yeah, yesterday. Yeah, the second I saw one, the, I'm excited for it. I knew it was about being underwater and stuff, but I didn't... I'm, I'm excited. Like, you have no idea. Excited. I had, that, I had that movie when it first came out. Okay. I also had it in the 3D version. Okay. It was, it was huge. And then... Huge. And then I got a job at Best Buy. And I used it. You went from Donald Trump to, like, an Italian guy. <laughs> it's pretty good. There's pretty good yeah, Trump there for a second. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I used uh, I used that demo all the time when they were uh, uh, for showing off, like, home theater It's systems. a beautiful movie. Oh, dude. It's uh, cinematically. Yeah. The, the, well, the soundscape, everything to it is everything amazing. Everything is beautiful. Yeah. Even the storyline is awesome. Yeah, it's great. And plus, I love Sigourney Weaver, so. Yeah. Number 19, Aragorn's Cliff in New Zealand. Where do we think this one is? Well, I mean, Aragorn. So, obviously, Star Wars. I was going to say Back to the Future, but <laughs> nope, it's Lord of the Rings, of course, and I've seen all those. Those yeah, are good. Awesome. Those are good. Have you seen I, The Hobbits? Uh, is it called The Hobbits? So it's called The Hobbit, and then it's The Hobbit 2, and then The Hobbit 3. Like uh, the the something of Smog. And Wait, the animated one? They're not animated, but they're it's about uh, uh, Bilbo's uh, uh, uncle or whatever and his pat, like how they met Gandalf and how everything like led up to the ring and all that stuff. Oh yeah, they came out and like after the Lord yeah, of the they Rings came out after that. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, where yeah. the dragon came in. Yes, yes. yeah, Smaug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, have you seen the director's unedited cut? Oh my the god, extended edition. Don't act like We're you've seen movies, buddy. All about right. four and a half hours of enthralling movies, and that's only one movie. No, no. What you're talking about is hours of just walking. That's all they were doing. They but were walking. There's so much witty humor and oh, cool boy. scenery and yeah. awesome cinematography mm -hmm. and good scoring. 
Yeah, the scoring. I, I will give you guys that much. <laughs> Number 18 is uh, uh, Banal Rice Terraces in the Philippines. Banal? Banal, yeah. Banal. One of the highest grossing films of the previous year was the culmination of all the Marvel superhero movies of the past decade, and it was titled Avengers Infinity War. Love it! Yeah. Mostly CGI-driven, yeah, well, whatever, as most su- superhero films usually are. The 2018 film was shot in locations such as Brazil, Scotland, and the Philippines. The, the Banau, Banau? Yeah, I guess it's it. Rice terraces were used as Thanos' resting spot at the end of the story. Oh, that's, that's cool. Like where he went to the farmlands. Yeah. yeah. Blink, and you would have missed the rice terraces in the background. That's yeah. cool as hell. Oh, man. How, how cool. <laughs> Number 17 is Alcatraz Island in San Francisco. Okay, before I even look at this, mm-hmm. it's going to be The Rock, right? Oh, God. It has to be The Rock. Welcome to The Rock, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Rock. I love that movie. <laughs> Rock. Well, now my computer's like telling me this, that it doesn't want to work. Yeah, um, the correctional facility turned tourist attraction has had its share of films in the past years, but none of those films are more deserving than the film title The Rock. Whoever wrote this is a very, very, very well educated young man or woman. Why? Because The Rock is an amazing movie. It is good. Yes. It is good. Michael Bay. <laughs> it's not about Dwayne Johnson. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it says? It's yeah. not about Dwayne Johnson. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, so Michael Bay, um, you know, film, um, Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery. You guys know what definitely this is. one of one of Nicolas Cage's like best performances. Oh, it's when it's when the guys go over there and the military team comes in and takes over Alcatraz. It's and fucked gonna... up. That was like, one of the first movies I watched. I watched that and then Bad Boys Two. Now you understand why I'm fucked up. Oh, you don't like Bad Boys Two? <laughs> fuck, you mean you haven't seen Bad Boys Two? Do you know what that is? Yeah, that's fucking hot fuzz. Yeah, I okay. I love those movies. You are my son. Okay. <laughs> I have been renowned. Yeah. Or redeemed. Re- yes, the re- word. Renowned? Yes. You you are renowned. <laughs> yes, you are. Hold on one second here. My, uh, my, the travel.com doesn't like my computer right now, so. Aww. Um, you want me to continue? No, I got it. Okay. Yeah, it's working now. All right. Well, this next one is shot in the backyard of your house. It's going to be our upcoming movie. Was it a porno I don't know about? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Alice Town, the Bahamas? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not where I'm going to be at. No? I don't like that. And I have been to the Bahamas, though. Oh, uh, really? So the film that brought the Thomas Harris creation ultra-villain Hannibal Lecter to life was one of only three movies that achieved the honor of taking home the big five of Oscars. As explained, blah, blah, blah. So Silence of the Lambs. Nice. Never seen it. Really? Is that the one where he's talking about put the lotion on his skin unless he gets the hose again? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yes, it's a great movie. Number 15, um, Canana- ah, Cananaskis. Can't, nope. Cananaskis. Cananaskis country in Canada. The Revenant, good movie. Seen it? No. Ah, really? Yeah. So good. Leonardo DiCaprio. This is where he won his Oscar. Yeah, there's a reason why I didn't see it. My wife and I, we were in... Um, Nashville, mm-hmm. and the Academy Awards were on. Oh, and he came up. She was passed out, but he came up, and you know, for the possible win, and he won. I started crying. I was like, he finally did it, you big baby. You bet you cried in Titanic too. <laughs> Shut your face, <laughs> maybe. But I, but but I also cried at the end of Terminator Two. So. Wait, really? Absolutely. When he was going down with the little His thumbs thumb up? up? Oh, dude. you are such a... I cried like a beer. <laughs> but that was even... Yeah, you weren't even... I was a kid when that movie came out. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I walked out of the theater like... <laughs> hey, I cried during Marley and Me, all right? 
I like mm-hmm. not even like cried. Like I ugly cried during Barbie oh, and me. Like yeah. it was, it was <laughs> snot bubbles the and whole shit? time. Oh yeah. boy, my mom had to actually console me because she w- was gonna say shut up and go Aww. to your room. But it was a more consoling thing. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, it's number fourteen, San Miguel, Mexico. All right, and this one would be the oh where they shot and filmed the uh, a fistful of dollars. Yeah, not to be just uh, confused with a fistful of bourbon. Correct, which we have had, and that's very oh, good. It's so good. And uh, so this is uh, like, you know, the the one and only Clint Eastwood. Feel lucky. How many shots? Punk. <laughs> that was really horrible. Yeah, that was really bad. So that was, uh, yeah, they filmed a bunch of spaghetti westerns there from Sergio Leone. Oh, yeah. Yes. So there's that. Number 13, DuPont State Forest, North Carolina. Ooh, The Hunger Games was filmed there. I didn't realize that at all. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Love the books. And Jennifer Lawrence is awesome. That's all I'm going to say. Actually, it was also uh, The Last of Mohicans was filmed there. Oh, no shit. Yeah. You have huh. no idea what that is, do you? I know of it. I've never seen it. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Daniel Day-Lewis is in that, The Last of Mohicans. That's a I'm almost phenomenal positive. guy. You, you have no clue. Nope. Anyway, number 12, Hat Maya in Thailand. Uh, let's see. Uh, director Danny Boyle, visionary here. Uh, oh, The Beach, which would be another Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Really? you never seen that? No. It's pretty fucked What's up. What's that one about? Pretty, a beach. <laughs> Did he have a beach of a time? <laughs> no, if I'm uh, from what I'm, if, I think they got. Um, I believe, if I'm remembering the movie correctly, I could just read it, but I'm not going to. It doesn't say anything about the movie. Okay, I believe they got like uh, a bunch of people got stranded. Oh, and it was almost like a uh, Lord of the Flies type thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So have you watched the original Lord of the Flies movie, oh, yeah, the I've, black and I've, white. I've read the books. Yeah, I read the books too, son. But I'm saying, have you watched the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, kind of fucked up. Yeah, they're good. It was weird. Shannon Muse, South Vancouver in Canada. Eh? Canada. Uh, let's see. There are probably a billion of, wait, there are probably billions of houses in the entire world, some small and unappealing, others creepy and bizarre, but then there are some that have established quite a celebrity status. We're talking about the Shannon Muse Mansion in Canada, located in South Vancouver. The Shannon Muse is a picturesque mansion, a timeless architectural work that can be put in any kind of film fantasy present or far into the future. I knew that looked familiar. The mansion was used in the films such as iRobot and Watchmen. I've seen both of those. Yeah, Watchmen's great. iRobot, that's uh, the doctor's house. Is where the, doc- the, the big-ass robot comes like trampling through, and that's where he gets the kitty. Yeah. The yeah. doctor. The doctor. The doctor. Oh. Number 10, Savoca, Italy. Uh, this would be, obviously, the godfather, of yeah. course. He's the godfather, you know what I mean? You've never even seen it, have you? I've never seen the godfather. you got to watch those. They're good. Yeah, I hear they're good. Uh, number nine, Blue John Canyon. Uh, <laughs> who blew who? What? <laughs> Blue John Canyon, Utah. 2010, uh, 127 hours film that yeah. starred James Franco. I've never, I have not seen that I one. I don't know if that was James Franco who cut off his arm in 127 hours. Is James Franco the other guy? Is, I don't know. You tell me. I Is James Franco the, the older brother or the younger brother? Uh, older. Yeah. He's the guy who played uh, the Goblin. Right? Correct. Yes. And that's in that Spider-Man's movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. Spider-Man's. Spider-Man's. Number eight, Bwendi Impenetrable National Park in Uganda. By the way, hello, Ugandan listeners. We Yeah, yeah we are on the Ugandan charts. That's really? amazing. Absolutely. Well, so hello. hello to all our Ugandan listeners. The diversity of the film Black Panther, love it. Oh, I didn't know that. Can also be seen in the locations it was shot in. This Marvel Cinematic Universe movie was shot in several locations, such as Georgia, USA, Argentina, and South Korea. That's awesome. But a fictional African nation can only be shot in a real African country like Uganda. That makes sense. The aerial shots going into Wakanda were actually the force of the Bwindi Impenetrable National Park in Uganda. 
Other uh, Wakanda scenes were shot in uh, Rwenzori Mountains National Park, South Africa, and Zambia. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That is really cool. Number seven, Pembrokeshire. No, wait, Pembrokeshire. Yeah. South Wales. Say it like Nigel. Hmm? Pembrokeshire. Pembrokeshire, South Wales. Yes, Pembrokeshire. I've been there multiple times. I own a cottage. (laughs) I own five cottages, you you swine. The epic film series from the brilliant mind of novelist J.K. Rowling was an eight-part saga that actors Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, and Emma Watson literally grew up in. And most of the scenes were, okay, I mean, whatever. We know what it is. It's Harry Potter. I've never seen any of those. And I, I, I filled you. What? Yeah. I, I just never. I read all the it was books. All, to me, it was always like a kid's thing. The first two, yes. The third one, I related to so much because Sirius is just Cause awesome. Sorcery? No, because Sirius Black is just awesome. Okay. That's his uncle. I have no idea. Uncle in law. His name's Sirius Black. Sirius Black. <laughs> He's serious about the color black. That's all he wears. <laughs> Serious black. Oh, wow. <laughs> Next one's number six here. Cheon in Temple in Japan. Of course, Tom Cruise, The Last Samurai. I have not seen that, by Same. the way. Yeah, I've not seen that. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm iffy when it comes to Tommy Cruise. Number five, St. Croix here in the U.S. Virgin Islands. The island of St. Croix. Uh, the Shawshank Redem- um, Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I've seen that movie once or twice before. That's where that fella up there, he gets hemmed up. And he's, up he's up there in that there prison. Yeah. And, 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 and he meets another fella. Oh, he does. And he builds a wall. And no, the wall was built. And then he built a hole. He dug a hole and dug through shit <laughs> to get all the way out to become a... A, a lone survivor. I don't even know where that came from. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know either, but that was a really good. <laughs> that's a freaking. That's our boy, man. I know it's that's our Isaiah. boy. Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah popped up. That's I think weird. You, you kind of grew into that a little bit more than I think you should. Oh, that's 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 our boy. It's <laughs> Isaiah. If you guys are new here, Isaiah uh, is a. You know, he stops by from time yeah. to time. He's our yeah. little hillbilly guy. So does our uh, our seller of space rope? Yeah. Uh, Yuri. Yeah. 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 Which he's really excited about that whole CERN thing. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I was to talking to him earlier. Yeah. Yeah. He was just like the whole time, just oh my god, like freaking out. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Because he's trying to get like a contract for space trip with those guys, or what? That he's he's hoping that yeah. it can lead to that. Because I mean, if you're gonna have a black hole, you're gonna need space rope. Oh well, yeah. Who else you're gonna tell yourself? It's down perfect. To. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So he he's working on it. Right, good for him. I just hope we get a cut of the deal because we have been promoting him. I know. Seriously, no yeah. one else knows space rope. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, our listeners do. Oh, obviously, they're because right. they're smart people. Because of. Yuri. And us. Right. Yeah. It's game of money, Yuri. <laughs> Number four, uh, Putin. Oh, boy. Putangaru? Putangiro. P- that's what I said. Pentacles yeah. in New Zealand. In the closing chapter of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Return of the King, there was an important part where Viggo Mortensen's character, Aragorn, is being called out by the spirits into the dwelling of the king's betrayers. Walking the path involved in an eerie place, jagged edge mountainside, creepy rock formations on the walls, and a really bizarre location. This was shot in the Putin Guru, or I hope I didn't screw that up, Pentacles. An amazing place one would think was man-made, but it is purely New Zealand made. And it's pretty cool looking. Yeah. These pictures are badass. I mean, it almost looks like it's melting. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Number three, Salar de Uyuni. <laughs> Salar de Uyuni. Uyuni. Bolivia. 
All right. Oh, this is Star Wars uh, 8. Yeah. All right. The Last Jedi, where, yeah, they're riding and, like, all the white sand is, like, red underneath. Yeah, that, that is pretty dope. Pretty awesome. Yeah. The, I love that, all those movies, dude. I don't care. Yeah. Other than anything with Jar Jar Binks. See, and I'm a Jar Jar fan, so, because he was the original Sith. Can't prove me wrong. What? You never heard that? No. Jar Jar Binks. I, I know you guys have talked about is, it before, but. And was, has always been the original Sith. That dude is dumber than a box he's of eggnog. Yeah, but he's the one who was able to start the war and got freaking Palpatine in power and was been alongside him in his evolvements every step of the way. I don't even want to talk to and you right now. And he even shares the eyes that Anakin shares when, you know, he turns to the dark side when he murders all those kids. We're done talking. <laughs> Number two, McNeil Residence, Georgetown. All right. And this is for The Exorcist from 1973. We've talked about that numerous times, yes, which you've have. never seen. I have never seen it. And you need to because it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And number one, oh boy, it's Hobbiton, New Zealand. I'm going to say that that's probably the Lord of the Rings. Yep. It's actually called Hobbiton before they shot the movie there. Really? And I wonder they, if maybe that's where they got the name from. Possibly, yeah. But I actually have a buddy of mine who actually has been there, and it's actually really cool. It's a huge tourist attraction, but there's actual shires and stuff there that was all been there prior to any shooting and stuff like that. Like shooting, like mass shooting? <laughs> no. Oh. Talking about shooting of the movie. like, fucking people are killing hobbits? Like, what the shit's going on? <laughs> the world's coming to a fucking end. So anyway, those are the movies for today, and that was ooh, a really, really, really rough unsolved murder uh, yeah. oh, the Satagaya Satagaya uh, murders uh, in a family murder in man, I feel bad for that family. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I want to know what you guys think. After we went through that and we talked about it, do you think could it have been the dad? Could it have been somebody going after the dad? Could it have been just a random occurrence? Occurrence. See, that doesn't seem right to me. That doesn't there is seem right. No way it was random. Yeah. I, I, there's no way. The, first of all, the yeah, the guy that was skulking the place out, dude, knew exactly the the floor plan of the house. So he's either been there before or he's done his research. Dude, cut power to the 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 building or to at least that portion of it and cut phone lines at least and snuck up through the 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 window. He had to have been obsessed with the family too. That's the only thing we can you think I mean? of. I mean I mean like going through and like looking at all their stuff and unless he was looking for something in particular, you know what I mean? Like there were some documents from the company was Yeah. Before. You know what I mean? I don't know, dude. What a weird story. I hope we find some sort of um I don't know, at least give us a freaking suspect. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it hasn't been that long. I mean, think about no. it. This was 2000. 2000, 22 years 22 ago. 22 years ago. You know what I mean? Have older cases that have been solved recently. So I mean, like, come on, we have more evidence on this than almost any other fucking unsolved murder. Yeah, send that boo boo over to Twenty Three and Me and see what they come up with. <laughs> right? That actually worked. Right? Bro. Hey, you take, never know. Take his little beans and whatever the hell else and spinach poop and send it over to Twenty Three and Me. I got to get a match. I got a quick question though. What? You really think that they kept boo boo for twenty some years? Absolutely. And just in a bag? Yeah. In a room. Well, I don't know how they keep Locked. it. Well, what I would imagine they did is they have vials, and they take a little bit of it, and they put it in there, and they put it in solvent, so that way they can go in and uh, extract the DNA from it if they need to, mm. along with the blood and everything else they the have there. The blood, I understand, but the poop. Uh, why not? It just seems weird. weird. <laughs> you, walk, you walk into an evidence locker, and there's just it's a log a sitting in there. Like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> it's yeah, got, he, it's he's got, got 23 people. That's a log. <laughs> it's got spinach hanging out of it and shit. Oh, no, I didn't have any corn. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I, that, all I'm saying is, is like, 
right now we we are breaking so many cases open. Like uh, there was uh, we somebody posted on, on our uh, page the, uh, the other day that um, oh god I can't think of his damn name right now. But anyhow, they found out that he killed like I think was it four or five people from uh, the killing fields. They actually linked him up. Oh really? This new guy, yeah. They actually oh. finally have somebody you know in custody for that. Good. Hopefully so, it's the guy and DNA. Yeah. Well, no, they, they, it is the guy. Okay, they, like good. It's, it's him for sure. Good, yeah. good, good. So listen, make sure to stop over to our official website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com, and on our website, do us a favor, buy some merchandise, you know, show some people, buy some merchandise for somebody else, you know, like, hey, here's a shirt. They're going to be like, oh, what is this? And you'd be like, shh, that's all you got to say to them. That's it. And just give them the shirt. Maybe huh. like the Duke of Fingerbum shirt. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Don't be at a salvo. Give them the shirt and be like, this is the world's best podcast probably (laughs) (laughs) anyhow there's all kinds of stuff over there and plus you can go over there and get yourself some dr squatch soap because it's amazing and uh not even joking i use it every day uh uh, you you you, do you do you actually have dr squatch no i don't i can smell the box right next to me oh i know jeff is super into his and everything else we gotta get you some dr i want to get some dr squatch we're gonna get you some dr squatch well you know I know a way you can get 20% off your first subscription. Ooh, All you have to do is just go to the midnighttrainpodcast.com, click on sponsors, and right there you'll see a banner. Click on that banner and then uh, insert the promo code. I will have to do that. And you'll get yourself some of the best damn soap. Mm. It's beautiful. So listen, if you like what you've heard from us, and dear God, I hope you do, <laughs> consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button or go to patreon.com forward slash accidental dads or you can go to accidentaldads.com to kind of see our other shows and other things we got going on for just five bucks a month and listen i get it five bucks especially nowadays with gas it's crazy but we do our best to try to give you guys as many bonus episodes and and cool things as much as possible like we have a lot coming up here and uh yeah we've got a lot of uh cool things ahead oh i'm Uh, so excited yeah it's gonna be good so do us a favor get over there get yourself some stickers get get yourself you know whatever just go over and you know just be a part of what we do because it means a lot to us it does help the show out a lot and uh you honestly have no idea how much it means to us when anybody gets involved and listen also, get over to our socials. We're on Twitter at Midnight Train Pod, Instagram at the Midnight Train Podcast, on TikTok at the Midnight Train P, and on YouTube at the Midnight Train Podcast. I don't know why it's Midnight Train P. Probably because that's the amount of characters you're allowed to use. I kind of want it to be Midnight Train P's <laughs> or Poops. That'd be even Poop. better. Poops would be awesome. Yeah. And if you listen on Spotify, make sure to rate us. Also, over at Apple, um, you know, rate us over there as well. Give us five stars. That would be really awesome. And listen, I got to say thank you. To some amazing, amazing people. And, oh, you're welcome. And you, well, not just you. Oh, okay. Hey, but you know who you are. Okay, I'm turning it down because the kazoo is always so loud. <laughs> it's always so loud. Yeah, I had to crank it down. <laughs> but a very special thank you to our fearless executive producer, Patreon Poopers. You are amazing and you're the backbone of what we do and why we continue to keep doing this. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> To Amanda Denz, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Margaret Dempsey, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Hank Sanchez, Stacey Laconan, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Albert Lopez, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escapar. By the way, Pumpkin, the reason we put out that episode, and hopefully you're listening to this right now, the reason we put out the UFO Day uh, 
the World UFO Day episode mm-hmm. is because of your suggestion. So that was all you. So thank you for doing that. Hell yeah. To Mac Doherty, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Gina Madison, Janet Sherell, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box. Get on over there and check them out. Christina Skeleton and uh, Skeleton, damn it, Skeleton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sisters a Skeleton podcast. Mm-hmm. To Maria Gibbs, Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabinick, and of course our boy Bill Birch. You want you want to do it? Oh, good for you. <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> it was weak. You gotta you gotta you gotta be into it. Man. Sorry. Good for you. Is that oh better? My God. I mean, maybe that okay. was better. So do us a favor, spread the word, and if you want your name to be mentioned on the show and for us to be forever grateful, seriously, like, we, you have no idea how much it means to us, you know, get on over to Patreon, sign on up, it's five bucks a month, or more, if you want to spend more, that's fine, whatever, you know, there's other tiers, and there's, like, shirts and posters. I'll come give you a massage later, don't worry. Oh, wow. What kind of massage? I mean... I can't give them a happy massage, but I can at least get the neck. You know, the neck's it's a it's a it's a tight area, needs to be loosened up after a hard day work of listening to your boys. You know, you you guys heard this right? Massages, yeah, yeah. And also, I know a really good guy that can also help out with that too. His name's Julio. You know? Julio, <laughs> hey. that's our boy. <laughs> So do us a favor, stay safe out there. Let us know what you think about this horrible tragedy. Who did it? Why is there not a suspect yet? And as always, choo-choo, motherfucker! (laughs) Now go home and get your fucking shine box.